<laughs> Already off the bat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to tonight's episode of The Embrace. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Marco is having a shit fit because his laptop cable has died before we started. <laughs> the charger doesn't work. What's the point of it? Now it's just a... That's just a book without pages. <laughs> That's exactly right. This empty book that cost me $2,000 don't work. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, while Marco tries to figure out that midlife crisis, let's do a little recap. Midlife crisis of 25. You're going to live to 50, bitch. Scary. Scary. So, last episode, Peter and Xena <clears throat> faced the consequences of their actions in Phelan and thus... We jumped ahead three years as they both went about their assigned jobs and tasks. Xena, helping categorize and organize new tomes and grimoires in the libraries of the Embrace, I can't talk, while Peter traveled and did what he did best. Upon both of them uh, being called to court and seeing each other for the first time in forever, they learned that they were being sent to Villington, a small swamp shantytown towards the borders of the Empire's Reach. Some Embrace members were sent there and never returned. And if the duo can find out what has happened there, maybe their punishment will cease and their previous political status reinstated. And with that, that is actually where we find ourselves now. So it was going to be a few days for you guys to travel. So for brevity, we're not really going to cover the whole lot. But before we sort of narrate what this next bit is, would there have been anything that either of you would have been doing in the meantime, because it's about, it's, I have it here. Blah, 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 blah. It's, so at this point, you've been on the road for eight days, traveling to this little town of Villington in the shadows of the Empire. So, Great game. Sorry. <laughs> oh, shadows of the Empire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I don't think, I don't think Xena would have done anything of particular importance, it would have mostly been her working <coughs> on her scrolls, rehashing her grimoires, probably would have not have conversationally approached Peter unless absolutely necessary. Oh, oh the, the feeling's absolutely mutual um, on this side. I think, I don't know, yeah, unless it was absolutely necessary and in the least words possible, like that's that's how Peter would be going across this. All right. So as the carriage creaks and rocks <clears throat> over the few days you guys have been traveling, trying to avoid as much eye contact as possible, maybe not much is probably not ushering anything to each other whatsoever. Maybe just like the coughs and the grunts, like the dad noises, like, <clears throat> like just mm-hmm. awkward silence, nothing to break it up. You can hear, uh, you know, like the wildlife outside through, as it goes from day to night and the nocturnal creatures take over and you guys sleep and <laughs> it re- regains itself back to morning. It's just a really quiet trip for everybody. Who was, who was with us? Is it just the, just the, the, coach, coachman. the coachman and us? Yep. Okay. Silence would be deafening. That's fine. I think, like, to, to break <clears> it up a bit, Peter would spend a while on the outside which with the coachman, kind of, like, in between stops. You know, when he gets out to stretch his legs, he'd just opt to get on top of the carriage and then on the next stop kind of just take a break from just being outside and just, like, 
go between napping, <laughs> napping inside, just because, just through boredom, you know. Yeah. Just because, what else? What else am I gonna do? I don't have grimoires. And I don't read books. Books just for small folk. Um, you know, I'm just that does that's not my kind of thing. I just just to. You know, you ever just go to sleep because you're bored? <laughs> or, yeah. Because you're hungry, you just go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's Peter these last couple of days. Oh man, would would Zena have any reactionary response to being left by herself in the carriage? Like, does it hurt? N- like, none that Peter would have seen or heard. Quietly sobs. <laughs> Sorry. You can cry silently. You I know. <laughs> um, no, no, nothing that Peter would have seen or heard. Oh, okay. So, uh, day, days have passed and continue to pass by. You have had the opportunity to watch landscapes flow past your windows, the carriage, there are... Stops here and there for the horses to rest and for yourselves to get out and stretch. And, you know, Peter swaps being in and out of the carriage and such. So much has gone past your eyes. I feel like you guys would almost forget how much actually exists outside of the city of Eldon's Hope. Like, you guys spent so long there. And it's a huge infrastructure. So, like, going out into the sticks where, like, farmhouses and villages are so few and far between, it'd be a very jarring experience. But in the eve of the ninth day, your carriage comes to an une- an eventual halt and you hear the rapping on the glass as the coachman ushers for you to come out. Zena would be first out. She'd be almost bustling to get out. <laughs> yeah, scampering. <laughs> scampering for the door. As gracefully as possible. Would you say this is an unexpected stop? Um, unexpected because you guys had no idea how far you were going. Mm-hmm. So would we... Would I, like, would we just assume that this was just another stop for a break or has it been like is it kind of like scheduled like we would feel like no no it definitely like there's sort of like a rudimentary time where the coachman would start stop start and stop every day Mm -hmm. like to sort of maintain like a good steady pace so this one feels like this is like into like the the late afternoon night time ish Mm -hmm. like when you look out, so when the cart stops and he's rapping on the window for you guys to come out and you look out, it's like twilight. Like the mm. the darkness is, the the day is just making way for the darkness. Right. So get out and just, just straight up ask him, you know, hey, what, what, what's up? What's happening? We've arrived. And where is this exactly that we've arrived? Why don't you... So I'll say I'll say for this he's like saying it through like the window that you can slide him mm. to talk to you. He's like, I can't explain it. Just come out and have a look. And he just slides the window shut. And but you you hear him disembark and open up the trunk to get mm. your equipment out. So you would safely assume that like he's ushering to get you out. Oh okay. Zena would be scampering to get out. She wants to be out of there because she hasn't been like. Switching between inside and outside, like Peter has. You've she's just been huddled in this little cube yeah. with wheels. So yeah. she kind of almost, she almost even like, almost stumbles getting out. She's that quick, and the first thing she does is does this massive back crack, and you just hear a whole back like just go nook 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 yeah. nook. Oh it- shit! I never want to have to sit for that long again. Zena, when you rush out the door 
in your haste to get out, that's when you really take in, you really take notice of like where exactly you are. So as you step out, like what immediately catches your eye is, you know, like when you stand out into a place that's so open, your eyes naturally avert to how to look where the empty space is because mm. you're trying to fill that void and fill your mind. I don't know if anyone else gets that, but like I do. No, that. I get you. You know what I mean? You automatically look and as you see to your left or behind you, the carriage, you start to notice just how far out in the middle of like this landmass of like the Empire's borders that you are. It's just rolling hills. Like there's a crest, there's the slight tip of a cresting mountain, hundreds of thousands of kilometers in the distance and like forest and woodlands. Like you guys have like traversed a great distance, but obviously that's why you've covered so much distance is because you consistently had a routine of travel and it was like, this guy was just not fucking around. But when you're, when you turn to face forward to see where you've stopped, that's where it suddenly you start realizing what um, High Chancellor Saddam was talking about uh, with Villington and like the biomes and stuff like this, this like weird biomes. It's a, what says before you is this giant <clears throat> tree lined marshy swamp, uh, the base of the water sitting highly against the base of the trees, but descending a little bit into like a natural crevasse of like the land. So you guys are sitting adjacently just above the hill and looking down and seeing how it just expands out. And there's just trees everywhere. Like, it's so heavy because, you know, like, marshlands grow and there's, like, no crown shyness in marshlands, you know what I mean? So some of the trees grow and interlock with each other and create canopies. So it's, like, this huge, which now you understand why they talk about how it was such a good biome for vegetation and stuff because it was a controlled biome. Uh, where you stand, sorry, let me just, is, a, is above it, but to make your way down, you traverse down the hill. It does seem, as you look, it does seem that you would actually need to cross the water that's in there for you for you guys to actually get into where Villington supposedly is. Um, there is a small wooden plankway that juts out a couple of feet with a post on it, and upon that post sits a large iron bell simply with a sign that says ring for service. And as far as your eyes can see, the rest is just dense, swampy water, trees, and the only land being the land where you guys are, and that's it. Like, obviously, there's land that expands around it, but, like, this marshland is fucking huge like it's massive massive marshlands so that's where you stand right now um Zena's gonna have uh she probably doesn't have as much of a full-longed gander as she would it would mm. kind of be like a quick sweep of the area um i'll easily say that's what you get with like just passive insight yeah like you're not at this point it's nothing like majorly that you have to scope for and then when she eyes um, the bell, she'll slowly sort of waltz, waltz over to it and um, she kind of, with a wave of her fingers without touching it, she just casts a general catapult on it and just rings the bell without touching it. Cool. So there's this... Bing, 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 bing. As it rattles to a stop, you watch some of like the, <clears throat> the moss and the dust comes off it. It's obviously not been used for a little bit, but a place this naturally enraptured with like the natural order <laughs> seems it'll grow back quite quickly but you watch the horses or the cart get a bit rattled and the coachman walks across carrying both your packs and he goes well this is as far as we go <laughs> um throws them on the ground in front of you and, like dusts his hands closes the door as Peter walks out and he does turn to you though and he says 
Now, one of your friends in there was meant to have a sending stone for communication with us through that move. Uh, if you find it, use that to let us know or send one of the ravens. We have ravens there as backup. They fly to and fro. Other than that, this is as far as I take you. You just have fun now. He climbs back up and just whips the horse's carriage and just goes. He has nothing more to say to you. He has no reason to continue to communicate with you. So in the meantime, while you wait after ringing the bell for service, are you guys doing anything? Nope. Not at all. Just hanging tight? Putting my stuff on. Setting my pack. Making sure everything's ready. Uh, Peter, to be honest, doesn't know what we're waiting for. You know, he's just kind of sitting there waiting for, I'm assuming something, but I have no idea what ring for service means in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Xena probably for like a small period of time is also kind of just like standing there next to her stuff. Then she does kind of like the awkward like look around, scuffs the boot on the dirt and then kind of looks over to Peter, sees Peter's like looking off at something else and then looks away again, waits like another 30 seconds looks over her shoulder at Peter again. Peter's still doing his own thing. And then after a third look over, <clears throat> she'll eventually just... <clears throat> Are you okay there? What? Fine, fine. Um, cozy, cozy carriage. Mm, you were very silent on the trip, weren't you? Well, uh, could say the same to you. Okay. Well, mine, mine was by choice. I just wanted to check if yours was too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. Peter's going to just disengage from the conversation and go, you said we're kind of on the top and it goes down a You're bit on, to where the marsh is. Yeah, so I'll, so I'll say for for you guys to wait near like the bell you've descended the little bit of a hill mm-hmm. and you're sort of sitting on like the plank of the, the planks like the little walk, boardwalk where the bell is kind of hanging tight to see what happens and there's this real still moment like where you guys are just standing there Zena kicking the dirt and you know everyone's like <clears throat> like Swap making noises <laughs> you hear like the like the like the little driplets of water and little critters making noises and just ever so faintly, ever so faintly after about this one, this will be like five or six minutes, give or take. You hear a bell ring back to you. And then there is a silence and it goes back to normal. But it seems like the, the bell is in response to yours and someone has taken time or something has taken time to get prepped to respond to you. But in time, it would probably, I'd probably say it'd be like another, it'd be like 10, 12 minutes, give or take, maybe 13. As you're standing there and this time the sun is definitely cresting into darkness. But as the darkness takes over, you're gifted with being able to see the natural transition of the beauty of nature and you watch as little critters like fireflies and stuff begin to light up and 
and they fly overhead and you hear the little wings flattering in the silence and it's like it, it's like you've got a second set of stars above you sort of floating around the swamp and it's beautiful it is I like that description the second set of stars I like that thank you I've been practicing I and don't like it so I'm <laughs> trying to keep you humble God damn it. <laughs> I spit fire at them but, <laughs> but um, through all the the fluttering of the insect wings and you know the croaking of little frogs and all that sort of stuff you start hearing the like the the light rippling of water that's bouncing at, at your feet and coming back and as you as you squint to look you see one little glow you're like oh damn that's a big fucking firefly and then it just gets bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and bigger and eventually you see it's not an insect but it's a lantern that hangs on the front end of a boat uh Again, you hear that rippling well before your eyes focus and you see it, but it's a roughly built longboat uh, being pushed through this slightly foggy and murky water of Billington's outer rim. There's a large, it's a large hood lantern on the front, swaying gently on a hook, and the two ends of the boats curl up into like crudely done uh, green dragon heads. And upon the boat, there is a humanoid. Uh, they stand in a large coat with a long pole arm in the water. Uh, it's being used to push the boat. It's like a large leather duster with the with the, like the neck up to kind of like protect from like you know invasive the insects, the mozzies, and um, a large brim hat as well. That's just chopped up. There's bits missing, like a huge tear out of it. Uh, so you can't really see the face because the coat's all the way up. But you see it as they're pushing through. Mysterious, I like it. Uh, the pole. They use the pole arm to push and like anchor the boat up sideways so against your feet so if you guys are standing it comes up long ways mm-hmm. and it's crudely built but it's comfortably big enough to be able to fit you guys on one end like you'll have to sit one in front of the other and the boatman's on the back end so I push you guys out but as the humanoid pulls up and launches the boat so looking up at you guys from the little dock water excuse me uh, unclips the hooks on the coat and you find it's like this like leathery like busted ass skin like you know from just like years of abuse in like the swamplands and uh gentleman male very old but you can't really tell how old like you like like the skin's a bit gone like like sickly he human? wanted them human. Benjamin buttons <laughs> yeah he's looking a bit sick he's been around looks the like a, a leather couch he's just <laughs> yeah withered a leather handbag you left out at mm. the corner of the pool too long mm. and um he smiles and he sees like crooked teeth he's got some teeth missing in their black He's like, well, hello there. Oh, you two just the prettiest pair I've ever done seen. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's unfazed. <laughs> Xena has, like, almost reverted back to, like, old days where, like, she's done it very quietly and very subtly, but she's kind of standing behind Peter, but kind of, like, off on an angle, so, like, only half of her is, like, showing <laughs> from behind him. I am quite dashing, thank you, but I must say... You probably are the ugliest person to say that to me. Peter! <laughs> what? Can we can we help you? Oh, you rang the bell, didn't ya? You wanted to Villington, I suppose. <laughs> I've aboard my vessel, and I shall take you there personally. <laughs> Off you go. Is there a cask? We don't have much coin. Well, unless you're very good swimmers. I don't think you'll make it there in one piece. Lord Alligators and easy waters. How much is it? 
No cost for you, my dear madam. He takes off his head. No hair. Brain. It's just like, that was his skull. It just, it's just like, okay. takes, takes the hat off. But you do see where there is a perfect line where obviously his head is undamaged by the oh, sun and the rest of his face perfect. is perfect circular. And he like bows low, the boat wobbles a little bit. He's like, we do not charge pretty folk on this side of the river. Xena's uh, tune immediately changes. She immediately picks up her bag, smiles. Oh, Thanks. And then she immediately gets on, turns around to Peter. And then... <laughs> you, find, you find before before you go to sit down, because, like, the way it is is there would be, at that length, I'd say there would be three benches, like, where you can sit forward or backwards. He's obviously on the... the furthest one away from him. But as you go to step on, he takes his hat and dusts off the seat. He's like, Aww. for you, my lady. The one closest to him? No, no, the, the one she goes <laughs> okay, to sit yeah. on. Like, he, like, he's weird, but... He, I might be a creep, but I'm still a gentleman. That's very kind of you. Thank you. And she kind of, like, tucks her knees in and, like, sits down in, like, the small little clean space and, like, just looks a bit stiff and awkward. Boat rocks a little bit, but he, like, takes a step back. And what about you, my large, handsome fellow? Are you going to join or are you going to stand there and look like a statue? Well, I've never been really good at swimming, so this will have to do. You fall into these waters and the alligators come to get you. You get good real quick. (laughs) Peter just (laughs) opens his eyes fully and does one of those like, wow. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Let's head towards the boat. Now, are you facing the front of the boat? So we're sailing, you're facing ahead? Um... So it's a long boat. It's not super she wide. Facing but into the rest of the boat. Right. So you're you're sitting with your back towards the dragon head, yeah. but facing towards the boatmaster. Excellent. Well, Peter's sitting in the the middle seat. Yep. Actually, the backmost seat. So you're sitting right in front of the boatmaster. But I'm facing forward. So you're looking at her. Yes. Not by choice. Just because I don't want to literally this guy. says this is exactly how I'm going to sit. There's no rules telling me that I have to sit this way, but not by choice. Well, guess what? If I turn around, I'm spooning with the boatman. Okay, and that's your choice, bitch. Okay, okay. Then completely by choice, I'm facing the front of the boat. Okay. So as you both uh, hop into the longboat, it creaks, and then with a long hearty shove. Off the makeshift dock, you find yourselves moving through the still, stagnant, and misty waters into the city of Vi- the city of Villington. I'm right, making stuff harder on myself by writing things <laughs> into the city of Villington, where you hope to find your comrades in arms. So as the as the boat moves forward, and you know, like you hear the as like the the boatmaster's pole arm reaches through the water, and you see as he like lifts it, like Peter, like always really close to your head but never actually touching you like he's very it seems like this is his only job just keeps pushing and you hear that you like the, the croaking of the frogs and the the fireflies and you know the fireflies even though they're so few and far between there's so much there's, there's so much lack of sympathetic darkness by the lantern as well that behind you is lit up by the fireflies but the front is lit up by the lantern on the boat mm-hmm. and it's just it, it if it wasn't so creepy it's st- it's it'd be beautiful but like the boatmaster's presence is kind of weird but in like this 12 13 minute boat ride that you guys are pushing along and it's just awkward silence you hear him go <coughs> 
So what brings you to this beautiful part of the land? As he's pushing through. Well, we were kind of hoping you could tell us. Well, whatever shall you mean, sir? I just drive the boat. <laughs> we're looking for work colleagues. Work colleagues? And you know what? Fair enough. He notices notices uh, the badge on your arms. Like, oh, you're from that fancy government place. More or less. It's about, it's about hugging or something like that. The embrace, yes. <laughs> That's the one. See, I, I never learned to read or write, so I don't know. <laughs> He's pushing the boat. How do you remember seeing people like us coming through? And if so, how long ago? He's like, he pulls the pole arm up and the boat just coasts for a little bit. And he like takes his like big hat off and scratches his bald head. Well, my memory's a little bit hazy, you know. Maybe, maybe I had some to help me remember. <laughs> Puts his hat back on. Just continue. And buddy, you find yeah, at this moment with like the little push, he's kind of like just leaning on the dragon head and like just letting the current take for a little bit. So precarious, but so beautiful. He's like, he is? <laughs> no, like the like his care. Sorry. Yeah. He's definitely not beautiful. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to cast Detect Thoughts on him. Oh. <laughs> Can okay. a man have no privacy? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, enter at your own risk. You just see one of those, like, you know in Ren and Stimpy where they do, like, the really realistic kind of gory yeah. off-putting images? <laughs> you see one of those, like, I just imagine her, like, she goes to, like, do, like, those fucking Professor X thing where she, like, puts her fingers to her forehead. Immediately, she does it, she's like, boom. It's just like, never mind. Like, like, it's, a, it's, a no, it's an eye twitch and a nose bleed. So what save does he have to make? Uh, it is a, um, I think it's a wisdom save. Um, wow, there's a, f- there's a lot in here. Um, let me just, oh, make a wisdom saving throw. 14. Um, that is... I'd be amazed if he saved it. It's a me... Is it meet it or beat it? Because the save DC is 14. It's meet it or beat it. Okay. Your fancy tricks won't work on me, <laughs> darling. Um, I still, I still get, like, a little bit, even if, um, even if it saves, I think. Let me just check. Um, uh... You see, darling, the inner machinations of my cerebral cortex are an enigma to you. <laughs> I've got mental calluses. No, you see, darling, I've set up several mental blocks in me plonker. I doubt you'll be able to make your way through this maze. I've been trying for years. Reason my first marriage broke down, really. So it's still my character from me. Sorry. It's still my character from me. Sorry. So the only thing that happens with a successful save is that he knows that someone's trying to probe his mind. He's like, got an, he's got an itch. He's got a feeling. Okay. It's probably worse. So <laughs> as um as the bowmaster leans against like the you know the carving of the dragon's head, leans against the carving of the dragon's head with the pole arm, and you sort of like you know like rub along your face and like try to cast a spell 
Make a perception check. Make a perception or in uh, make perception. Yeah, make perception. Perception. Seventeen. You notice his back stiffens up. He's like, and he shoots, shoots like a weird look and just, and then continues to. When he shoots a weird look, um, because every time Xena's cast that, it's always been on someone who like kind of knows the nature of magic, so they've immediately like popped off and gone, oh, someone's trying to probe my mind. She's not used to like doing it to someone and them not really knowing what the fuck's happening. So as a result, she just immediately reaches into her coin pouch, pulls out a gold coin as like a defense mechanism. Does coin help you remember? I think it might. And he like leans his hat over to you. And she'll like go to, she holds it, hovers it over the hat. Not just when they came in, but if you ever helped them out either. And then she drops it in the hat. No. What's on his noggin? I seem to remember two large men and a nice pretty lady. And they came in wearing the blue coats like you. He continues to push the boat. They said they were coming to check in on on the food. Two large men. I... Can't say I ever took them out. No. I was just making sure. We hardly suspect you would not have taken them out. That's why we're here. Why would they be checking the food? Well, I I take it you've never come to our beautiful city of Villington, have you? It is a first time, yes. Well, this... Because we are a beautiful marshland, the nature here allows for wonderful growth of beautiful fruits and vegetables. So we made deals to ship our goods to places that need it. <laughs> that might have been what they were doing. Probably more trade securements. We, sorry, were you talking to me or yourself? It's hard to tell sometimes. That was an honest question. Better conversation with myself anyway, so we'll keep it that way. Anyways, um, so two large men pretty lady and that was it were they all in uniform like ours yeah yeah like the the two larger blokes had a big big swords big swords but the lady the lady just had books she seemed like one of them real smart book types you know lots of fancy words i didn't quite understand Does Xena know of anyone who might have been stationed out that way, especially with the more, quotation marks, book smart looking one? Would she have known of anyone that would have been posted out this way in the time frame that she suspects? Make a history check for me. I got a plus nine in this, so if I fuck it, I'm a dumb shit. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay, I'm just going to go double check... Where it is. Here we go. So you remember uh, of a... There was one member in the Embrace that was... So she is a blue <clears throat> tiefling. She is just younger than... She's just a bit younger than y- your father. Uh, so she's... You know, like... 
because I believe tieflings, tieflings, even with their infernal legacy, can only just live a little bit longer than humans, yeah, I believe, generally. Yeah. generally. Yeah. So she's like just a little bit younger than that. So for her, she's still quite older, but she's very book. She was very book smart. Yeah. Blue skin, black horns, beautiful blue hair, like a different shade of blue that Grant used to wear back. But she was one of the book smart ones. Her name was Sersha. S A O I R S E. S A O. I R S E. Thank you. Because it's spelled in Sorry, the Irish, the the Irish way. So Sersha, but uh, Sersha uh, was very well. She was she was never extremely good at magic or combat. She was extremely good with numbers and logistics. So Sersha took care. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> so Sersha. Sersha took care of a lot of that stuff. So you would hear stories about how Sersha would go out with two um two knights of the of um of the embrace to go out and double check um trade shipments and all that sort of stuff. So you would know her in passing, but that seems like something that she would do and you believe that that would be that was two two knights. You don't know of anyone that would have been posted out this way. Don't mean to make a history check. You can also make a history check. For yours, the DC will probably be... You'll probably get enough with a lower roll, but we'll see what happens. It was a seven. Seven, not that low. <laughs> there's there's heaps of knights. There's nope. heaps of knights and warriors within the embrace that um get moved out to guard jobs all the time. Let me guess. Mm, big guys carry big weapons. Leave the embrace. That sure narrows it down, doesn't it? Why 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 are you even here if you're if you're just not going to be helpful? I think you forget that I have to be here. No, you don't have to. You could just go over the side of the boat here and swim your way back. Not good at swimming. But then again, you've never been good at listening. I'm kind of banking on you not being good at swimming and going over the edge. What else can you tell us, boatman? Well, he's pushing the boat along. When they came here, we usually have people from your fancy place come here every couple of months. It's a regular thing, regular thing. I'd never particularly seen the nice pretty lady before. The two big guys, that's that's normal. We get the, we get the big tough types around here all the time. But I brought them in, and they never came back for a return trip. But... They don't pay me, so it's not my problem. <coughs> Seems like it's yours, buddy. Right. Plenty uh, of things out here in the swamp that can get you. Right. Mom, look out for those. Uh, how long ago, roughly, was this? Sorry. He's us looking up at the sky. A lot of days ago. A lot of days ago. Uh, you would remember from your interaction with High Chancellor Sedan that they, I believe it was a few weeks, about two or three weeks. Um, a few weeks ago. Because a few weeks ago was when they went out and they never returned back. So. How long was this sort of... Um, Assignment? Yeah, thank you. Um, meant to take. For them? Yeah. Um, you would know passively that interactions like that, depending on how far they have to go, 
generally should be pretty cut dry within, it should literally only take the time of travel with one or two days in between. So realistically, at nine days there, nine days back, nine nines, 18, so that would be just under three weeks total with two extra days. Realistically, it should have been about three weeks. Exactly, bang on. But the, the problem is they, they've they lost communication, communication because the coachman did say they had a sending stone on them, which they used to communicate with someone back at the Embrace and Eldon's Coach. Gotcha. So the fact that there was no communique is what's raised the concern. All right. Um, that's probably going to be the last of what Zena asked. She probably feels like she's not this girl. Yeah, fair enough. So, as the boat continues to creak, you hear him. You hear him uh, cough up a little bit. He's like, oh. "Ilya," and as you buy, as you both turn to scan. Uh, the swampland you can see is more trees and mist and the water ripples as the pollen continues to push and possibly some creatures under the water that you can't see making it ripple which makes it even more terrifying uh, but as a couple more minutes pass you see a faint glow growing in the distance and a large opening presents itself as your boat passes through a gap in the trees and you lay your eyes upon the township of Villington now, Villington is not a normal town built upon foundations of earth, but rather foundations of wood and rope. The many huts, homes and shacks and anything else slightly resembling a house are built sitting roughly five feet above the water. The main roads and walkways are naught but plank planks and walkways. They seem sturdy, but also built in a way that only a, a countryside folk would deem them proper construction. Uh, the soft, warm glow and the multitude of lanterns and lights and mixed with the roaming glow of the fireflies, makes this new place feel warm and safe, even beautiful in its own way. But you are brought back to reality knowing that you're here because your brother in arms, your brothers in arms are missing. Well, brothers and sisters in arms. Sure enough, the boatmaster <coughs> hits the boat and it slowly just perfectly sails in sideways and aligns it against a new walkway, which also has a bell and a post to it. Uh, now, as you guys go to disembark and the boat rocks a little bit, he takes another bow with his hat. He's like, now we do hope you enjoy your stay, me lord and me beautiful lady, with a crooked smile as he sits back and turns and you watch him pull out this long piece of driftwood that's like been cut back into like a pipe and just slaps this like sickly green moss-looking tobacco in it and just lights it up, has a smoke and he's <laughs> And he just continues to smoke. Jeez, that tiefling lettuce, huh? Yeah. Um, I am going to present you guys with what we have here, which is the map of Villington here. <gasps> so. I love it. So. Here is where you guys have just landed. So the entire... This walkway here, there are homes scattered there. And obviously there's a bunch of other buildings that you can see. All of them uh, being privy to whoever owns said establishment or runs said establishment. But you guys are free to roam about, ask questions, and do whatever <clears throat> you can to try and find out what happened to your comrades. So with the town of Villington laying before you, what do you want to do? Are we still just off the boat? 
Like just yeah, yeah. You're fresh off. You're fresh off at this point. So you're basically just walking up this mm. long pier, and the first establishment is coming up on your right. Is the boatman still within earshot? I would say by the time you walk about thirty feet up, which is about mm-hmm. yep, he's out of earshot. If you talk quietly to each other, he won't. I hear wanted you. to yell something at him quickly. Oh, go for it. Oh, I just want to be like, boatman. Is there a tavern in this town? What else is there to do when you finish work for the day? I'm going to say, which, which way? And Peter's going to kind of put his hands in opposite directions, pointing arrows, just kind of <laughs> like finger like arrows. Like posing like, for a satellite. So he goes, you go up to the main T intersection, <laughs> take a right, it'll be the big building on your left. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just gonna you know, give him a thumbs up and then turn around and be like, mm. <laughs> just eyes fully open. Yeah, tries to give you a thumbs up back and half the thumbs missing. <laughs> oh, he's not enough. There's just like a big like cartoon esque like bite mark out of like the side of it. <laughs> or it's just like hanging back. <laughs> it's nearly thumbless Nick. <laughs> I hate you both. I don't know about you, but. The best people to talk to are the drunkards. They're going to have the most information. And also, the tavern, the inn, they usually see the most people traveling. That's where I'm going. Not a bad start, I guess. Peter's already walking away. Zena just like, as he's already walking away, she kind of like does the like hands in the air, then they slap down on her sides, and then she just like takes her stuff and just like pow walks after him. <laughs> so. As you guys continue to walk, and there's there is a multitude of light here. Like in this biome, there is lanterns on every building. There's lanterns posted up on like random posts of the walkway. The fireflies continue to fly around, but like out on the edge of where the light stops, because obviously like they won't react. They react to light. So there's always specks of light flying around, and it's just it's just such a wild thing to think that there was a fully fleshed out ecosystem hidden away from plain view, like especially to you guys coming from Elden's Hope, which is such a large city. It's very, it's confronting. It's different. Like you've only had the chance to go to small towns and, you know, cities, walled cities and castles and all that sort of stuff. So this is very different for you. But as you guys begin to walk, you hear the, and your feet creaking on the boards and all that sort of stuff. You hear the water ripple underneath you with quick movement. It's like obviously fish and amphibious critters. Uh, scuttled away by the sound of people walking on on the um, on the boardwalk. And eventually, you come up to the T intersection, and as you guys move there, you see there there's a lot of there's foot traffic there. You see a multitude of uh, humans. You see some halflings and all that sort of stuff. And they're wearing like a lot of them are wearing um, like your your waterlogging overall. So it's like it's one piece of material, and obviously they got the clothes underneath it. Um, it's a cr- it's crudely pulled together stitch work. Like you see stitching. That is like just more more is best to make it more waterproof. We stitch it more and we stitch it more, then the water's not going to get us. Very ramshackle. We see some wall parcel straw hats and um, others walking past. You see like one orc with the, the wooden beam across the shoulders where you'd see like they're carrying piles of water. But it's like this weird swamp-like fish creature that's like the body is a fish with large gills and large iridescent eyes but there's little tiny claws on the bottom where it can obviously like drag itself along like the bottom and grab onto prey or something of the like terrifying like, yeah well, really, really like a Cthulhu village <laughs> 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 but 
like you know they walk past and all these people are looking at you like like just giving you weird yeah, looks yes wear the embrace oh, wear the embrace no autographs wear the em- mm. wear the em- mm-hmm. <laughs> wear the em- <laughs> don't mind him he's still got about two years of therapy left yes. <laughs> and you as you as you guys are walking past and like sort of like trying to like wave people to like create this spectacle to like try and put <laughs> something oh my god oh, was that not a thing shut your mouth oh you're lucky you're... I'm sorry <laughs> I'll let you mulligan that one that time. was just us pretending to be like high class people <laughs> yeah. being in this fish village and being like Ooh, like out of our element oh you're lucky I'm well at least sorry. I was at least you're lucky I'm sorry you don't know sorry. us <laughs> <laughs> you it's funny where we're from the road is stone and the houses are wood (laughs) (laughs) anyway shit so as you make it to the T intersection up the end uh, this is where you get to look out into the large middle section where there is no uh, shacks or anything built but what you do spot now this map is not 100% accurate because obviously I can't populate the whole thing but there is it is just a multitude of large plants on long stems growing in this perfect. So it seems like where a lot of people grow the produce and they pick from is here in the middle. And every section is different. Some are, there are some that are like catch light and they're very beautiful blue and weird iridescent. And then there's some that are just normal green, like on long stalks that they look like corn cobs, but like still slightly shaped differently and all that sort of stuff. So it seems like the vegetation that's growing here is very unique to this particular biome with the fact that it grows higher than the water level and all that sort of stuff. And you see a couple of people on um, like long stilts that are walking through and are like, you know, shaving and peeling off and putting the produce in their bags and stuff. Like they have created a fully circulatory survival, you know, like they can grow here and they can live and they can thrive here. And they've obviously done well enough that they can do business with you, you know, having these very exotic sort of vegetables and fruits grow here that they can trade off to one of the most powerful government bodies in the the, the known empire. Um, and as you guys progress to the, well, rather Peter leading where the tavern was said to be from the boatmaster, you see it is a large, large, like log building. Uh, the roof is different uh, colors and shades of moss and leaves and stuff that have been tied down to like naturally let the water run off and there's just large timber slabs like there's a hardy building mm. it's definitely not an inn it's one level but it's big so a lot of people obviously go to drink there and there is no name but the sign is just a crudely shaped mug with bubbles on top I was literally just about to ask what is the, what is it called <clears throat> there is no name here it is just it's the one tavern, and it seems. Damn, and I'm sad. Just a picture. <laughs> the just, tavern. just the the picture of the the beer mug on it. No, that's free real estate. It's free real estate. You get to name the tavern. Send us in your best floating creek city, <laughs> swamp, creek. <laughs> swamp city tavern names, and we'll edit the best one in in post. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it's the tavern. <laughs> I've heard so much about the. Tavern. I hate you. <laughs> Cody, edit something funny in there. Future Cody who's editing this. Edit something funny in there. What if we just edit the I hate you into the... <laughs> wow, it's the I, I hate, hate you tavern. tavern. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it's the famous tavern. 
That'd be good. Anyway, yeah, as you approach, you see a monster. The Massey Mistress. <laughs> That's actually. Welcome to the Massey Mistress, where the ale is cheap and the women are cheaper. <laughs> I'm actually mad that I didn't ask you for help before because that was really good. Now I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of swamp puns for taverns. If it's like a tavern and a brothel, you could just call it every nook and fanny. <laughs> no, it has to be swamp related. Anyway, welcome to the swampy crab. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real leaky bottom here. <laughs> I can't even be mad about it. Anyway. Welcome to the only tavern where the floors are wetter than what's beneath it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I've said anyway three times. <laughs> Mark, I heard we're himself not, in his confusion. We're not, we're not moving past this. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's built on top of a swamp. So the floor is wetter than what's below it. It's like a gimmick. <laughs> it's just the gimmick that keeps on giving, isn't it? Anyways. So... As you move towards the door, it is you find that it is just swinging saloon-style doors. There's not really a proper door-lock mechanism here. And you watch a couple of, uh, like, like one human, one half-walk-in, one half-ling walk-in. And so just... The start of a bad joke. <laughs> the start of a bad joke. Um, the immovable rod. <laughs> and they go in. And as you get close to the door, you hear... You hear merrymaking and rabble-rousing, but not, like, party central there's a lot of chatter going on in there and you see there's a over the top and the bottom of the saloon door there's like a nice inviting warm glow and there is some livelihood in there peter goes straight to the barkeep or whoever's at the bar so you push straight through the door yep so as you walk in it is there's one bar there's one long bar on the right hand side so when you guys walk in the front door it's like you've come into the long face of a rectangle the bar is on the farthest right-hand side and there is lanterns of all different sizes and designs hanging from the roof. Like They've just concocted and amalgamated this bad boy mm. from whatever comes in. And it's like, hey, this is like a good lantern. And they're hanging on the roof and it just becomes a thing. And there's misshapen tables, chairs, stools, all different shapes because you know, there's a multitude of people here, lots of humans, halflings, orcs. Um, it's just a wild thing. You even see, like, a couple of elves, like, wood elves that have seemingly rejected, like, the higher tier of wood elf society and sort of come down to, like, live a more natural off-the-land thing and they comfortably fit in with the rest of these people. Swamp elves. Swamp elves. Trick elves. As a nadpod does it. From the trick. And as you guys walk in, you notice there are a couple of heads that turn to you and there's, like, like nonchalant looks and they just go back to their conversations and look, seemingly paying you... No mind. And as you walk up to the bartender, the bartender is a shorter, rotundish man, like a little bit rounder in the belly, but like big, like like literally like you three years prior, big belly, but big arms. Like this is a work, this is a working man. So like seems he does a lot of things around the bar. Big, unkept beard, but completely bald head, like just obviously shaved his head, bushy eyebrows, or like like his mustache on his beard is so big you can't see his top lip. Like kind of like Kratos from God of War, you can only see his bottom lip. And he walks up and sees you guys walk up. And, what are you having? Um, one ale, please. And one can ale. I, can I just say what a lovely establishment this is? What's it called? <laughs> well, we just call it the 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 tavern. 
We don't really have a name for it. It's the only one here. If you haven't noticed, our town's a square. <laughs> square indeed. And as he reaches under, he pulls you out. There like normal size ale is slightly bigger than everywhere else's and he puts it up and he like you know pulls it out though um i feel what they call like barrel at cask when he like pulls it in and get it to you uh what is it here that'd be four copper pieces i'll, I'll slide him over four copper pieces love it easily xena just Thank gave you, a, a boatman one whole gold before <laughs> Just because you broke bitch doesn't mean I am. Cuts <laughs> <laughs> back to the bow master. He's like, like chew on the cold. <laughs> he's putting it on a fishing hook. He's trying to yeah, fish with no. it. I'm going to catch me so many fish. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but he's, he's, not gonna... he's a big man. Like, he equals you, like, as size. I'm Think not... Armstrong and the, uh, the, the butcher's butcher husband yeah. combined. from Alchemist, where they meet each other and their Ooh. muscles flex each other. That's what I. That's the idea that I have. Um, I'm not gonna drink my drink, but I was kind of gonna hold it. Um, Make Peter, you look the part. Peter has no intention of drinking this this beer, or this ale rather. Um, say, do you get many travelers around here? Sometimes. Okay, what a charmer. Um, you get any people that look kind of like me? Same uniform. I'm looking for some friends. He's over. Spits on your uniform. Looks, looks down. Looks down at Zena. Looks at your uniform. Every couple of months, they come out and get the produce, and take it away. Well, do you know when the last time you saw someone like that was? Hmm. About three weeks ago. Came in with the boatmaster. Ain't seen him since. So you just saw them when they came in. That's all. No, they came in here like you. Tried to make small talk. We'll really take kind of the strangers sometimes. And I'm sure the talking was small. Anyway, um... What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> nothing, I'm sorry. Just sometimes I can't... I can't stop my brain <laughs> from making words come out of my mouth. Um, I'm sure you get that. the opposite of that problem. Anyway, um, look, we're looking <clears throat> for them. You know where they were heading? Where was that? The the blue one, the pretty lady. She came looking with a she comes with the books and talks to the the reapers, the guys that pick the fields, asking them about the produce and asking them all about numbers and stuff. She and two big, big, big guys, big guys. Where can I find these reapers? Where can I find the head of these reapers? You know, I don't want those. I don't want those small potatoes. I want. I want the head guy. Mm, well, every every reaper has a a square where they grow their crop, and they sort of handle their own business. But if you want to talk to the the um, the boss. You want to talk to the one who puts it all together in them their boxes and sends it away to your your pretty city. And who would that be? Benjamin. And where can I find Benjamin? You'd find hey. Benjamin in the warehouse, I guess, is what you call it. The big building on the corner. You can't miss it. All right, big guy. You said it was a square. Which corner? Turn around to look. <laughs> 
and he points like through the wall, but like outside. He's like, mm, no way. Which you would, for lack of like yeah. not trying to confuse it with the map, you would understand where it is. But it's the farthest adjacent corner. Okay. Go. Yep. The one because there's lots of books there. I'm gonna say okay. Peter's kind of. I've gotten everything that I need for this, so I'm just gonna, you know, th- thanks for your time. And I'm just gonna put, um, put a few silvers down, two silvers down, and then just leave my ale. <laughs> One eyebrow goes up, hmm. scoops it off into his apron. <laughs> Thank um, you. Well, what what is Zena doing at the moment? Because. Zena's like kind of like enthralled <laughs> in this incredible conversation. Is there? Is it kind of just like with the tavern? Is it just the bar in the back corner and then just a bunch of seating? Or? The bar against the farthest right wall. Yeah. And everything from there to the other side is just tables and stools. Um. They don't serve no fancy food. No one sleeps there unless they pass out. It is just there for drinking. Ew. Oh my god! Well, then that's probably what she she would have just been doing. She probably would have been standing, sort of directly behind Peter, but not like engaged in that conversation. She probably would have been standing with her back to him, sort of sweeping the tavern slowly. Sort of just, she'd almost kind of be like cataloging every face that she sees in there, trying her best to remember or like everyone that she sees or seeing any figures that stand out from from the rest or anyone that's looking at them with a particular particular kind of look that doesn't match the rest of the people basically just doing like a mental sweep of everyone okay roll me a perception check don't do me dirty 19 as you with a 19 as you scan the environment around you through all the clinking of mugs and glasses and the scraping of stools and banging of tables and this enrapturing conversation between Peter and the barkeep. Leave me alone. <laughs> As you move, you're, you go back to when you were training way back when, when you were younger. And one of the things is like, one of the things you learned is if you do a pass and you catch someone's eyes, you can tell a lot about what their intentions are by their eyes. And as you look, you almost you almost miss it. But you see this young gentleman can't be any older than you, maybe a bit younger. Real haggard face. He wears like a little, you know, a bit of cloth like a fisherman's beanie. And he's got a mug and he's looking towards you. And you catch that for a split second. Let's go. You know what? Let's just see. he catches your eyes and then begins to look a bit frightened and then you see him quickly down his drink put the mug down and he says goodbye you can't hear him but you see him word goodbye to the feelies at the table and he gets up and he begins to limp away and as he begins to limp away you notice that from his left thigh down is completely prosthetic he has no actual leg there it's like it's made of like wood and metal and all crafted together but he tries to limp with a purpose and tries to get out of there as soon as <clears throat> he starts to say his goodbyes, um, Zena would kind of almost be standing like in an elbow's distance behind Peter. Mm. She'll just kind of casually, not like a full-on dig, but she'll give him like a swift but gentle elbow into his back and then start walking forward immediately to pursue him. Not in a rush, but she's walking with purpose. Mm. 
And so, Peter, you feel the light in your, your lower ribs as you see uh, Zena's back to you mm-hmm. as she begins to charge out the door. You can't see who she's following because by this point, the young gentleman has made his way out the door. But um, you see she's going with spring in her step. Peter's going to roll his eyes and... Audible eye roll. <laughs> Audible. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and unfortunately follow her out. So as you guys, as you guys both walk out, and Peter, Peter taking long, long, long strides, like <laughs> you walk out, and when you make it out into the street, so this young gentleman starts moving this way, and he's moving up the boardwalk, and you see like this young gentleman with the artificial leg, and he is trying to power as quickly as he can, but Zena just ends up keeping pace with him, and Zena eventually, as you. You know, you have to break into a little bit of a light jog to catch him because he's he's booking it. Yeah. But as you get closer, you hear him like he's like, <laughs> and he's like trying to move harder. And you eventually you're just on top of him. What do you do? Um, can I see what his prosthetics made out of? Wooden metal. So there's wood, there's metal <laughs> in the joints, and there's wood made of the base thing. And he's got um, it's obviously like some leather, like hide, which is um, there's a belt strap. Xena casts nest of termites on his leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that. I'm not that crude. Um, she'll she'll just like very swiftly just come up the side of him and just like cut him off. She'll just it'll be like a swift little turn and she'll just be standing right in front of him. Hey, look, lady, I don't want no trouble. Why are you walking away like there is trouble then? Peter's gonna be directly behind him. Just like overbearing yeah, in like a race sandwich. We're on a train. Hey, bud. <laughs> look, look, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing about you people. Like, please, please don't hurt me. We didn't ask. No, you did not. <laughs> you're, oh, look, you're bad at this whole secrets <laughs> thing, ain't you? Oh man, I got a wooden leg. Got me some slack. That is quite a nice prosthetic you have. Wood and metal. Oh, no. <laughs> Does it seize up often? And then she'll just... She kind of, like, looks at it. And you see her, like, tilt her head and as she, like, squints her eyes a bit. And you see a bit of, like, this, like, blue glaze come over them. Like the sheen? <clears throat> yeah. And she'll just... She'll cast, like a, like, a more controlled version of Frostbite. As she kind of, like... Yeah, I'll let you do like that. Like a condensed version of yeah, it. I'll let you prosthetic <laughs> leg. As she like looks at the joint of his leg and just, it sort of like starts to like, there's some condensation condensation, and then that starts to freeze up. And there's and definitely like <clears throat> muggy condensation in there yeah. too. Like there's moisture in the air everywhere here. And she just kind of like uses that as an anchor point and she's kind of like, she's almost got this kind of like half smirk on her face as she kind of looks at it. And then it, like little snowflakes, they start to spread across the metal and it just seizes up his joint. So as you, as you look at his leg and he's looking at you and he looks at his leg and he watches the frost, he's like, he's like, starts free. He's like, <laughs> and he starts hitting it, like trying to punch it, like to like break the snow off as you do, like, you know, yeah. with like boats and stuff, you like hit it, knock the wood off. And you hear there's a crack as, like, one of the partial parts of the joint begins to break. And he starts to wobble a little bit. Peter, he falls into you a little bit. He's like, please, please, lady, don't, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know nothing. Please don't take my leg. I need to work, please. 
I'm not going to take your leg. But I just want to know why you're in such a hurry. Or do we want to see how the flesh leg freezes? Please don't. Okay, let's look. I got, I got a small shack. It's like, it's like literally like forty feet. Let's just, like, can we please just, we'll go to my house. We'll sit down. We we'll talk this out, please. Please, I'm not gonna be able to go any further with my leg. I wonder if I don't. Oh, would she be able to un, undo that or like? I'd make say it you can <clears throat> dismiss it, but like yeah. you can't dismiss the breakage. Like the breakage is his yeah. fault. Yeah. I'll. Yeah. If you if you'd allow that, she'll dismiss the the frost. His fault in like <laughs> in the way of like if We're if you lock someone in a room and they had to break a window to get out because you're gonna kill him. And but then- he put his fist through the glass. That's why he got cut. It's his fault. It's like Jigsaw in the Saw movies being like, I never killed anybody. <laughs> they killed themselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> Please continue. Cut your leg off. <laughs> I never cut his leg off, officer. <laughs> I want to play a game. Anyway. But yeah, she'll, she'll... Metal prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> she'll dismiss the frost on the joint. And you watch as it just goes... And just disappears. Like, oh, thank you. And then... If you'd allow it, (laughs) Um, it, she her like face kind of calms down a bit, and then like as her head's like tilted to the one side, she snaps it to the other and casts mending like on on his arm. Prosthetic. Yeah, she like kind of like reaches out, touches Mm. it, neck snaps to the other side, and as it does like the cracking notion, it his prosthetic snaps back and fixes itself. Yeah, you watch as, like, the two, like, misaligned parts of the wood just go... And all the little chips... And go back. And it heals back together. And he's, like, looking at it and, like, lifts to, like, let the legs swing. Huh. That's that's pretty cool. Not bad. Thank you. Walk. I'll try. (laughs) And he gets up and with a little bit of a, a limp again, you guys move down the walkway into his little hut. Now, his little shack sort of mends in with a lot of the ones here, but it's a little tiny. As you walk in the door, it's single single room, cot on the one side, small desk and stuff, a little area where he has food prepared. Like, it's very studio apartment, but, like, he's got the bare bones to survive. Like, this is obviously a young fella that's coming to work, and that's all he has. And you guys come in, but he does have some chairs laying like two chairs at the table and he walks over and pulls him out and he's like please take a seat and he moves over on the bed and he watches he undoes the strap and pulls his leg off and he watches like rubbing what's left of it I mean like this you come here to work and goddamn alligator bites your fucking leg off but how you doing (sighs) okay so what do you want to know? What do you need? Zena kind of looks over to Peter in like sort of like a something like, do you want to take this one? Otherwise, it's just going to be a more of what happened outside. I'm just going to... Knowing kind of... I don't know. I want to... Peter's head's kind of weird at the moment because I don't think, and by think I mean he didn't. Peter didn't like what he saw. 
like back there like at all um like he was kind of like almost like disgusted by it like that's one never been anything that we've done and two never been any especially never been anything that she's done which is like it's kind of like horrific what she just did that, that was grotesque like, like culture shock <laughs> culture shock <laughs> yeah like you were like cumin <laughs> paprika and i'm like what are these flavors um <laughs> no that's not culture shock you weirdo <laughs> you don't know what culture shock means <laughs> Culture shock. You tortured you tortured a disabled man. I wouldn't call that I wouldn't call that culture shock. Continue. Anyway, I'm just gonna um pull up a chair. Um kind of just like in, in front of him. Um you know, spin it around and just sit on it backwards. Um he's just kinda gonna look at him and just say, you know, why don't look, it seemed like you're you had something in mind when you were running away. Maybe something you were wanting to tell us or wanting to share with us. Why don't you just start with that? Or we can just start from the start. Make a persuasion check with advantage. Because I'm such a nice guy. Just to, This is just to see how well this conversation is going to instigate. 24. That's beautiful. Hell yeah, brother. The other one was an 18. <laughs> nice. So as he sits there, you see him visibly relax a little bit more. You're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, there's... We get, your, we get your peoples out here every couple of months to pick up, you know, the, 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 the produce and, you know, the fruits and the vegetables and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I... I saw that shoot that, that that blue lady that uh she was she was really nice. She was really nice to me and she was you know, she's good to us people and you know, she's really good with the numbers and the books and she would speak to Benjamin who runs the the stock room, the warehouse where we keep all our stuff, waiting for your guys to come get it. And, you know, usually they're there they're here for they're here for one, two, maybe maybe three days tops if they're overseeing some stuff, but she went <laughs> she went to go speak to Benjamin about some numbers not adding up and then you know, we didn't see her on the on the fourth day when they were due to leave. And you know those those two you know, big motherfuckers were there. And they went to the stock room as well. And now, did they go at the same time? Did they go in with her? No, they went later. She went by herself. You know, a lady. You know, it's pretty. She was. She demanded respect. You know what I mean? She's. She's a nice lady. And she went, and then she didn't came. She didn't come back, and. You know, those two big guys went with their swords and stuff, and you know everyone was talking and. They didn't come back either. And when I saw you two walk in with the same, the same uh, symbols, I I got a bit I got a bit worried because you know all of us reapers we we all work under Benjamin. Well, Benjamin's not really our boss, but he runs all the books and the numbers. And you know if something doesn't add up, we have to deal with him. And I saw that and I got scared. And I 
just didn't want to be a part of it, so I tried to move as fast as I could. Tell me, tell me a bit more about Benjamin. What does oh. he? What does he look like? Who? What's he about? <clears throat> oh, Benjamin's. Oh, Benjamin's been here for years, and he was, you know, he's a, he's a human as well. You know, not really good with magic. Loves to fucking fight though. Like if you get out of line, Benjamin will fucking smack you back in line. But, you know, he runs all the runs all the trade out, makes sure all everything's accounted for. And he's just big dude, scruffy hair, built like a fucking ox. And you know, he's been doing this for a while, but he used to he was tough but fair, but now he's he's just getting mad. What is there to be mad about? I don't know. He's just been real kind of touchy the last few months. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, we we are in, we are entitled to a certain cut of what we reap for our for our growth. You know what I mean? Like, we have to eat, and you know the the swamp, like the city and the, the town, like pr- provides much fish and meat for us to just fish out of the water, and we never run out. The sea, the ecosystem balances itself and you know and you learn a lot about that coming here to work you know sometimes you learn a bit too hard and he like robs the the stump of his leg and but the last few months we've been he's been giving us more like like it's like some sort of bonus saying that we work too hard and then we get more and it's just that's a bad thing? Or a weird thing? Well, we make enough to you know, we're not we're not a society we're not a town here built on money. We're built on the, the you know, the sweat of your brow and the you know, trading favors with your with your fellow neighbor and we work together to make this city or this town rather, we make we make do with each other. Us being able to give these fruits and vegetables to your your people was just an extra bonus. Out of that, they just give us better tools. They give us better weapons, you know, to fight off, you know, the critters. <laughs> Where do you think Benjamin was getting this extra money from? Well, it's not money, you see. It's food, the vegetables. Instead of taking, you know, instead of us delivering eight crates of food per reaping square... We would deliver the eight, but he'd give us back two. Saying something about how the, the the pigs are full enough. You know, real propaganda, propaganda shit. Like, I, I moved away from the city when I was young to work here to get away from that sort of stuff. And it seems like it's kind of getting tied up about it. You know what I mean? But you can't bring it up to him. Because he'll... Kick the shit out of you. Do you know where Benjamin is right now? Or Well, Benjamin has his own little shack right next to the warehouse. So, you know, like, that's that's his job. That's all he does. He might go to the mm. tavern once every couple of days and have a few have a few drinks, but that's, that's about it. Benjamin wasn't there tonight at the tavern? No, 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 no. And he'll assumingly be there tomorrow? 
At the, at the, at warehouse? the warehouse? Yeah. Okay. You know, like you would have seen you would have seen the guys in the middle uh cutting stuff now. Like we we trade shifts nighttime, daytime, we do the whole lot, so there's gonna be people there all but he won't get in there till early morning to check what's been left in there. You know, boss man got sleep and all that. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate your help. Sorry, what was your name again, bud? He goes, oh, my, my name, my name's, my name's Riley. Thanks. Everyone just calls me Rye for short because it's quick. Thanks, thanks, Rye. Peter's going to stand up, put the chair back where it was, um, and then just go lean up against like a, a, a wall near the door and just kind of look at Zena and say, the floor is yours. Zena just looks at Peter, looks to Rye, and then just heads straight for the front door and leaves. Is is she always like that? Is that is that a regular thing? Peter's also just going to walk out and just ignoring the question. Okay, you have a good evening. I didn't. I don't acknowledge. <laughs> I've already left. <laughs> So you find yourselves back on the main walkway. So he said at this at this time of night he'd be at home. Yes, he would. That's where Zena's going. He's gonna book it straight for Benjamin's house. Yeah, yeah, she's just gonna go straight there, see if like there's still lights on, see if he's still awake or something, or lanterns on in the floor. Definitely. Okay. So, a good couple of minutes passed. So I say, I say, at the way the way to travel, it's probably. It'd probably be like a solid like 15 minutes. Like it's a big, big shanty town. And eventually the large building that they're talking about comes into view. And you can see like it is the tallest. It is the tallest and it is the biggest. This is the warehouse, it right? This is the warehouse, right. So it's the biggest. And there's a multitude of um windows. And you see like ropes dangling over the edges where there are small rowboats tucked in and all that sort of stuff. You do see there is also a large entrance. And you do through the warehouse see um the reapers going through with um with their goods in like the the bags that they've been putting their like their pickings in and they walk in you watch you can't really see in too much but you see some like at the front door like just doing like tipping them into crates and they're just getting uh small like bits of like graphite and quickly writing stuff on there and sliding them down it's like it's a constant process like it's not as busy as what you would think would be in the day but you know, it's consistent. It's consistent. They are consistently working. And as you progressively move past, you move up to, yeah, on the map there, <coughs> click. And that is more of a homely estate. And you see it is, a lot of the buildings here are built basically the same. They're logs, uh, logs like driftwood, and they're sort of, co-mashed together to kind of just work with like a base idea of a frame and then everything on the walls is kind of just now with what's there but this particular home here is made of large thick bits of driftwood and there's a small porch that comes off it and you see that there's like a there's actually like a beautiful flower growth that comes off the edge mm. and it's one one story but it's like there's two windows on either side of a door so this little shack stands a little bit bigger uh, than some of the other ones you walk past, especially bigger than Riley's. And as you look in, uh, make a perception check. Only a 16. Okay. Only. 
Eight. Xena, you. Xena, <laughs> you. Notice it first as you guys kind of like. You kind of do that thing where it's like you walk past, but like kind of scope it like you're just walking, but you're not really like investigating it right now. And you just kind of peer through. And you notice like while while the two windows are dark at first glance, there is a light glow of uh, lantern light that just moves past the back through the window. So there's a bit of lantern movement, a little light, bit of light movement. Yeah, a bit of light movement. Not light in the essence of weight. Light is in the essence of being able to see. <laughs> um, like that. Zena's going to like sort of like, as as she's like walking past trying to do a casual look, she'll probably kind of like come to a halt like maybe here. In between uh, yeah. Benjamin's house and then the next one. Yeah. yeah. And she'll turn to Peter. We can just follow it up now. Look. I think we can do things a little bit more civilly, okay? I don't think we should go in guns blazing when we don't know the full story of what happened and just question this man, scare this man. I think there's easier or better ways to get this done. You mean slower and more useless ways? What's the point? What's the difference? What's the difference between right now and... Eight hours from now, when the sun is up and his guard is down because he'll be working. Right now, he's in his house, alone. If we just go in there, guns blazing, who knows what he's going to do? For starters, we're not going to be going in guns blazing. There's a door. We can knock on it. Secondly, do you not understand the conception of what people missing probably means? We might be on a clock, and we don't even know it. If the clock is already counting up this high, I don't think there's a difference. If you haven't, if someone's been missing for this long, I doubt it's a missing person that's going to be found. I think it's more of a missing body waiting to be found. I don't think there's a difference. Well, if we wait eight hours, it could very well be the difference of a missing person and a missing body. Well, then please show me how well you're going to handle this situation. Show me how well you're going to just go waltzing into this man's house unannounced in the same uniforms as the people who are missing when he's out only lead to the people who are missing. Please, show me how it, how perfectly you strategized this and planned ahead of this and thought of every single variable. I'm sure you read lots of books on this, in this situation. I'm sure there's plenty of examples. So please, pick one of your examples and, and go through it. As soon as Peter says, Please show me how it's done. At first, Zena was kind of just standing there with a dead, <laughs> deadpan look on her face. And as soon as he says, show me how it's done, you just see the slightest tug on the corner of her lips. Like you've just given her full permission to just do it however the fuck she wants. And so she does. She just walks up to his front door and... Peter's right beside her. <laughs> Begrudgingly. <laughs> there is... A stillness. There's a stillness in the air as you just do the unthinkable and just knock on a man's door at like eight o'clock at night. <laughs> like, and you know, this is bedtime. What a pussy. Oh my God. He's a farmman. <laughs> He's, He's a working a class man. <laughs> That's right. You think. 
And make a perception check for me. You both can make a perception check for me. If he runs, his house is going up in flames. 18. Oh, nine. Okay. We like, I think we swapped <laughs> our last rolls. I'm like there by the door like, yep, all seems in order here. Uh, and Peter's x-ray vision through the... Uh, 18, sorry. Okay. Peter, you definitely hear it first, but you hear the ever just obvious sound of the the tip of a weapon being pulled up the floor. And then you hear the... And the door opens a like a marginal crack. And this gruff looking dude, like, you know, like short beard, scruffy top hair, kindly, uh, slightly like wonky left eye because there's like a large gash going down his face. Looks like he's been in some strife and he's built, like he's built old, like probably in his 40s, but he's built and he looks and he's like, what the hell you want? Peter's going to step in front of Xena, uh, brushing her out of the way. I am so sorry to disturb you. It's been a long trip with a creepy boatman. <laughs> it's been a long day, to say the least. Um, look, we're from the Embrace, if you can see. He points to his little shoulder patch. We're just looking for some friends who have been through here recently. Wondering if you can help out or not. I know who you are. Excellent. Then this is going to be a really quick chat. You mind helping out? Listen here, partner. I'm tired. It's late. You got exactly 10 seconds to get off my property. And you can see me during work hours. Look, this is my work hours, you see? So we're not really going to find a good time. This is the best time. Just a simple, have you seen him recently? I saw him when they came in. I didn't see him when they went out. And when was that? Exactly. Six seconds. You didn't answer my question. Four seconds. I hope you can count quick. <laughs> the blue one asked me questions about the boxes. I told her the answers, and I told her to go fuck herself. Now you get the fuck off my property, and you come see me during business hours. I'm assuming you know what the big fucking building is, you big fucking idiot. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Peter's going to turn around, just look Xena in the eyes, and then just walk off. And I cast magic missile. <laughs> 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 Anime missiles all over the place. I love that. Um, I'm just going to quickly... But with that being left at the door, you hear the the clanking of like him putting mm. the weapon down and then there's another there's a door many shut. locks being locked in place I walked off well so it's Zena's just you standing on the porch by yourself yeah. <laughs> Zena's gonna like the stand there for a moment like... yeah she does she just like she kind of like stands there like bewildered for a moment and then she like rushes after Peter and comes up to like his side and she'll like put like a probably the most forceful hand she's ever used and kind of just like grabs his upper arm not an attempt to stop him but kind of like pay attention you just said 
to show you how I was going to do it. And then you took the floor and you fucked it up. I don't think you understand what just happened back there. I don't think you understand. Did you know we had a weapon drawn behind the door? Answer I truthfully. I could have taken perfect care Answer of truthfully. myself. What are, you, what are you talking about? You can't look after yourself. You've, you've proven well enough that you can't. Because you're doing so well right now, aren't you? Okay? What would you have done, huh? What would you have done? You can barely, you can't even talk to me, and you've known me the longest. You can't even talk to your father, and you've not known him even longer. What, what are you going to do with some guy who we think has, has murdered three Embrace members? Keep what talking. do you think he's, what do you think? Keep talking. What do you think? I'm going to keep talking, because guess what? I'm the one who does the talking. And you're the one who does the reading and the sitting back and the watching. I'm the man of action and you're just there. I'm going to say it one more time. One more time. Well, you can say whatever you have to say to the air. I'm going to just walk around her. I was going to say, please don't walk through her. <laughs> <laughs> Choke slam. <laughs> as, <laughs> as he's like walking away. Her hand like hovers above her book and she just, she reaches out her arm and her like fingers are just, they're like tensing and they're struggling and she wants to just do what she does best so bad on him. But it's, it's Peter and his back's turned. Can I, can I roll anything or can, to, to, to see if I knew that what she was doing. How would you... We did an episode about that. <laughs> uh, well, what, my, what, I guess my passive perception. What, yeah, well, what's your passive perception? And I guess the point is, if you're walking away, mm. would you be, would it be very obvious? Like, would you be like, would like the she's energy the, be I crackling? I guess she's not like, like readying something, are you? It's, it's like she's like, she's... For a moment, she's in this torn thing. She actually does, like, raise her arm, and it's kind of, like, half raised. And it looks like she's about to extend her, like, fingers and make, like, a certain, like, uh, position with her fingers to cast something. And then just as she's about to finish the extension, her hand comes away from the book and her arm slowly lowers. And she is just, like, if anyone could see her right now, like, it would just the look on her face, if looks could kill, this entire village would be going up in fucking flames. That's fine. You know, <laughs> well, you know what? I would say, you know what? Jokes aside, I feel like I feel like Peter would just know. Mm. I feel like there'd be that tense moment. He knows where, what he said. Yeah. Like I know the, what I said and I, I know, especially this Xena, yeah. how she's going to react. You know, as, as Peter's kind of walking away, um, knowing damn well that she's you know just doing some foolish shit behind me um he's just gonna yell out just make sure you don't miss and i'm just gonna keep walking um xena is disintegrate <laughs> word of power kill <laughs> end game snap fades away to dust i don't feel so good <laughs> Um, Stop it. <laughs> she's probably only got a few left of these in her, but oh she is going to... I'm going to check my stats. No, no, no. <laughs> she's going to abstain. She's going to reel 
in that feral feeling that's inside of her right now, only just, and she's just going to spin on her heel and she's going to find her own, her own place to stay at. Okay. Because that's definitely a thing. You guys were not left with any forward on where your lodgings are but with the way the town is designed it's not very hard you are able to i'll say for the i'll say for this for like the sake of time you go back to the tavern and you inquire with the barkeep about where to go and he says that there's a multitude of small like singular shacks like riley's that you can rent which are more adjacent to this side where a lot of the buildings uh stack up and these ones are built in like some of them are multi-story. So these ones are built a little bit better and they have staircases. So it's like if you're on the second level, you can take a staircase and go straight to the top. Like a staircase, but it's like a bunch of wood. <laughs> and you have a singular room that you can go. But we'll say this like your time that that's easy enough to do. Um, you find that because you are an Embrace member, they actually don't charge you that much. They actually charge you two, I believe it's one silver piece. What? How How's it going for gold again? 10 silver pieces is one gold piece. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah, so I think what they would do is they would charge you five silver pieces to make it half. They don't charge you as much because, you know, these people are kind of intimidated. I'm only in the embrace for the tax write-offs. The tax write-offs. Game it all. What's Peter doing in this instance? We'll, we'll get back to you at some point. No, no, um, you're all good. You but what, what are you doing? Because you've, you've kind of... She's marched off the, like... I would say, I would say, would it be, would, am I accurate in saying in the pain is Xena would walk faster and go the opposing direction while Peter walks this way past the warehouse? Yes. <laughs> I'm going back to Rise. So, yeah, so you would continue back this way because that's the part that you know. Mm. So you continue back to Rise house. So Xena's, you, like, you turn to look and Xena's just little blue skin just jetting off in the distance. Um, so what are you doing? I'm heading to Rye's house. So you do, you, okay? So you arrive back to his house. Yeah, you arrive back at his little shack, and you know the door's shut, and there is there is a little tiny glow, the lantern inside. Excellent. I'll kind of take a bit of a breath and knock on knock on his door. Um, you know, I'm just kind of. Who wait is there. it? Mm, who is it? Hey, I don't know if you remember. It's it's me. I didn't give you my name before, but my name's Peter. We spoke earlier. You hear um you hear even passively you hear a little door opens and it's right. You find he doesn't actually have his leg on, but he just uses a walking stick. He's got pretty good balance, and he just hobbles along. He's like, "Oh, hey, do you need help? Is everything all good? What do you need?" Yeah, everything's everything's good. Um. Look, I I guess you can call it a favor. I was just wondering if I can just, I don't know, crash on a, f- a floor. I don't need a bed or anything. Just just somewhere to close my eyes for a few hours. If that was okay, I wouldn't happy to, you know, give you, throw you a few coin. And, and I don't mean to put you out. I just, hey, 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 hey. And he, like, hobbles back a little bit. And he's like, don't worry about it. Come in, you know. We're we're built on the, the backs of favors here. Come in. And he lets you in and you find he, um, he difficult, a little bit difficultly, but he, um, he actually pulls out, um, some bedrolls from under his bed that he has Ooh. for like extra stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, we, we keep these for like when it gets extremely cold in the winter and all that good, good stuff. So, you know, you can sleep a little bit comfortably, you know what I mean? I appreciate that. Thank oh, you. Where's your, where's your, 
the friend, the the blue lady. Oh, she she had some work to do, and you know. If we're sharing one place, you know, she likes to have the light on while she reads. I like the lights off while I sleep. It, it's just complicated, you know, how things are. Oh, yeah, my my mom used to do that. She used to have always reading books and writing stuff so, you know, the candle would be on. I get that. That's cool. Yeah. Did you did you want something to drink? Did you want something to eat? Peter just thinking moving transporting his brain to his stomach and just that like <laughs> like it sounds like it's like a bunch like a bag of guts just like <laughs> rolling <laughs> on itself and he's just like if it wouldn't be too much to ask <laughs> I'd really hey, appreciate it <laughs> hey hey buddy not at all and in um in a couple of minutes Yvonne you know what for the, like this young fella that's had tragedy strike him with losing his leg and like you say he's young he's like just younger than Xena so like he's just into his into his 20s um he whips around the kitchen and in due time he cooks you up like with one of those like weird fish things that you saw but like he just dices it up descales it and uh uses a little steel like fireplace cooking stove and cooks you up a it's you know not super extravagant but it is homemade and it is hot and it is good Mm. Can and I roll to see how much I enjoy it? If you want. <laughs> 18. You really like it. I'm like Peter kind of like begrudgingly. I'll use that word because he he doesn't like the look of this fish thing. <laughs> you it's, know, it's kind of like, a, it's yeah, it's kind of like, like a weird broth where it's like fish <laughs> meat and a little bit of like, like hot water and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But like, and spices and it's a weird concoction mm. of a dish like, I think it's like, like, is, it, is it like jambalaya where they ooh jambalaya yeah. <laughs> jambalaya a little bit of my crawfish etouffee <laughs> but um, um Peter kind of like good. he's he's looking down and he's like oh, you know just like eat it it's food you need this <laughs> or you're gonna be hungry all night you're gonna be able to sleep on an empty tummy and then he kind of just brings the spoon to his lips and she's like holy moly like I've never had food like this before like obviously with I guess with places that on like they don't have like the usual you know just like meat like on like a turkey leg or like you know just like mutton mutton um <laughs> you know it's like they found ways to cook every animal in this bayou <laughs> um, the, the bayou the what bayou. a word i haven't heard um, that word forever uh, the bayou and like you know they've they've mastered their dishes and we just kind of like you know start off with a couple like just like while well, he's like absorbing all these flavors, and just like he's just smashing it down, it's like <laughs> you know, it's like a, a cyclone of just like slurping and eating. Um, he's like, laughing. He's like, "Pretty good, huh? This is really good." What you want to cook like this? There's a there's a there's a, like a sweet. There was a sweet old lady. Um, two of her sons are reapers as well, but she she cooks up some mean dishes. She's really good, and mm. she told me how to do it when I moved here. And she's you know, so I love good. It. Some of the some of the spices are that's what my mama taught me. But you know what? It all comes together, and I really like it. Mm. He's gonna have to scoop up the end of the bowl. <sighs> so vivid. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, you, you know what? Ask me tomorrow. You might get lucky. I'll write it down for you. And I'll send you off with a couple of those bad boys and you see like in like the hanging room where the mm-hmm. meat's driver is like like the hanging fish. Mm-hmm. Still as disturbing as ever. Yeah. It's just like more dried out. Like it's like 
<laughs> like zooms in on the fucking beard. <laughs> the eye is still in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, you share a meal with uh, young Rye, and you know, back and forth chatter and laugh. You know, tells you about how he moved there. You know, to work and all that sort of stuff. And is there anything else you wanted to ask or like you know ask questions or probe anything before we cut over to Zena? Um. No, I think P is just going to try and keep it as, like, light as possible. Um, I mm. think in... I think, though, in, like, a moment of silence. And a bit of, like, a moment of, like, not weakness, but just, like... I don't know. He's very, uh, like, kind of emotional right now. He's going to, like, be obviously, like, looking at Rai, like... his The space where his legs should be. Mm. And just, you know, kind of looking down at it and just ask him like just straight up just hey do you I don't know if this is rude to ask do you do you miss your leg and he looks down to the stump where his leg so it's, it's kind of like just above where the knee would be so he doesn't have any mobility and that's like why there is a hinge on his prosthetic leg and he looks down and he's like you know it'd be it'd be a hell of a lot easier like I'll tell you what but you live and you learn can't believe you're still working out in the fields, <laughs> reaping and and I, don't know, I guess earning a living. I, I I don't think I even have that work ethic. Well, when I was um when I was really when I was really young, like I was about four or five years old, my my dad up and up and left. My mom had to go to work, and I saw mom putting her back out every day. To look after me and I thought if I can work hard enough and do good you know cement my own way I'll maybe grow up to be half as good as she was now the leg thing that's um he looks down he like gives it up I look back at it now and I laugh but it was you know disturbing back when it happened we uh we were putting in new uh reaping fields like squares just outside of the main boardwalk of the city. You know, we have to expand out, make more room. There's so much, you know, we have so much fruit and vegetables going out. And, um, you know, just didn't watch where I put the stilt and um, accidentally tread on a tread on a gator. And he just got real pissed off. <laughs> but, you know, the local, local medicine woman, you know, embraces the wild mother and all that sort of stuff. And she healed, did what she could, but unfortunately couldn't back, put it back together. So... It was just better to go without. And, you know, some of the boys threw together Old Faithful and that was it. I just went about it. And I, I take it as a, you know, overcome a challenge and you become a better man, a better person. You're one tough son of a gun. I'll give you that, right? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate everything tonight, all right? Man, don't mention it. I'm assuming you guys will be here for you know, a couple of days more than likely. So feel free to come in and out when you please. I don't mind. I appreciate that. Peter's going to kind of go and sit down on his rucksack, kind of, I guess, trying to get across the message that he's he's kind of, he's turning in for the night. Oh, he, he gets he's, it, man. Yeah. There's no role necessary. He's He looks and he's like, yeah, that's a good plan. And he like hobbles himself back over to his bed and lifts his leg up. And he's like, well, I'm usually out pretty early in the morning to 
saw it on the field. So I don't. I apologize if I wake you, but no, no. Actually, if you could, if you could wake me when you leave, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, you both resign yourselves to bed. And that is the end of this evening. We'll quickly cut to Zena. So you have gained yourself accommodation, five silver, and you walk up to the shanty, like the shacks. Oh, not my screen. You walk up to the shacks, walk up the stairs, and it's, it's very much like Riley's apartment. Single room, one cot, kitchenette, table, two chairs, space where you put your belongings, and it is quiet, and you are alone. It'll probably, she'll probably get in and make herself busy and get comfortable. And it's almost like this kind of like mindless fussing, like she's just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff. And then once there's no more mindless stuff to do, um, she, is it, is it a bed that she has? Yeah, a cot, like a, like an army yeah. bed. Yeah. Like it's like, it's built quick and sturdy for one reason. <laughs> um, What's the reason? Just sleep. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Okay. <laughs> and she'll um she'll like take take her armor off and and she'll just sort of be sitting there in like her, her more comfy underclothes and she'll just be kind of sitting on the edge of the the cot. Feels weird saying that. Um and she'll have elbows on her knees and she'll just be like kind of sitting there thinking about what happened today. Um, and all of a sudden Peter's words just start replaying over and over and over in her head, like one after the other. And then it starts overlapping with her father's words because he's, because he's actually good at it. And like thinking of all the times that like over the past couple of years where like he sheltered her and like just, she's feeling irrationally incompetent right now and her sense of self and like self capability and independence has just like Peter's words with the last straw. Like it was this, it's the straw that's broken the camel's back and she's feeling like nothing. She feels like she's, she truly isn't capable of anything and her like head kind of falls into her hands and she lets out this almost this, unnaturally loud yell as just for a bit of flavor just because gust is one of her cantrips like a massive gust will just sort of rip through that part of the um of the, of the you're in your like your shack cabin. yeah <laughs> yeah like kind of like it'll kind of like like just kind of like rip through that part so um, like like out the windows yeah. and like all that sort of stuff oh my god you're the avatar <laughs> <laughs> and i wish um, actually, let me just check. I could be. I do. I do have spells for all four landlords. Um, all for what? Leave me alone, okay? All four ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you fuck a word up. Never. Um, I don't. Is that right, human? Is that right, human? Uh, it's called an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't recording when you said it like that. Um, <laughs> 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 um, and that'll sort of accompany the the almost like almost magically enhanced like yell of anger that she lets out and then she'll just fall back onto the cot and she just cries herself until she tuckers herself 
She you're you're literally having up. like a like a young woman tantrum meltdown scream. For real, yeah. Ah! <laughs> you, you you like there's this like ricketing through like as you like push all the windows open, it's like you just like stamp and like the gust comes out and you feel like the it's like here's the docks and you hear a few people just be like you hear it like through the shacks and stuff and eventually it just settles back down and you're just left like panting and just overexerting yourself and being angry and you like slump onto your cot after like sort of playing through the the events in total like between what your father said when you left and what Peter said that's you know like pull that out and just made you so angry and as you give me a moment I'm just pulling it up as you lay into bed and you just sort of like sit there and praying to that sleep will just take you and all that sort of like so you can just rest uh you hear a like a ringing in your ear and your father's voice comes in just checking in hope you're well love you and you would oh, you would know that he has access to scrolls that allow him to send a message sending, which means you can respond. I believe uh, you can send a message across any distance. Yeah, if it recognizes you as a sender and it knows you, you can answer in a manner immediately. Uh, what's my word limit? You have 25. Oh, okay. I don't need that many. Um. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that for a hot second. Fuck you, Dad. Um, she, she probably doesn't, does she have to respond immediately or does she have a bit of a leeway? I was, I was going to say it's, it says you can answer in a like manner immediately, but I would say it would, you got like a minute, a minute to try and formulate a response and response. That's what I would say. Cause you know, that's how everyone else does it. She just simply replies with. I'm turning into her and then she just like has like her forearm like over her face because even though she's by herself she just she did heaps of sucking three years ago and like crying wouldn't have been a problem then but now because of just the way things are she just sees it as such a weakness she like doesn't even want to like think about herself crying and then she just lets sleep take her after that she doesn't even wait for any further response that might come from that. You find there is not one. Sweet. Silence. The slight ringing that like alerts you that something was coming or that message was coming rather just fades into the silence of the water rippling the wind blowing and, you know, the creaking of the timber and the wood, the voices, that the very muddled voices that you hear faintly as people come and go through the streets and all that sort of stuff. And eventually you do slip into unconsciousness and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there would be a moment where you slip into sleep and there would be a moment where I think where Xena would replay back when she was born 
And there was that, you know, from what she could remember, those small instances where her mother and father were happy together. And, you know, they placed through in your, you know, like your mother and father had a very extravagant home. They worked very hard. They were respected people. So, you know, you lived comfortably, you know, large home, big hearth, like fireplace. And, you know, your mother was always heading her books, but, you know, she fed you that little bit of acknowledgement that she did. And being a young child, I'd say you were like four, five or six, and you thought that was normal. And you like, you loved your mum. But as you got older, you realize your dad always just loved you that little bit more. And then the memory, a lot more. (laughs) And the memory plays out and you gradually, the memories play past of your mother becoming just so cold and isolated. And you get this weird sense of familiarity as this nightmare plays out where you remember them screaming at each other. And you remember your father talking about how you remember his words where he screams, we made a family together. And then she responded back, this family took everything from me. And that was when you realized that they weren't staying together and it became a thing. And you just saw less and less of your mother. As that voice, that message, you took everything from me, was so venomous and that just plays in until you slip into the blackness. And I think that's where we'll take a break. We'll come back after a quick fiver and conclude this episode and then we'll see what happens. Mm. We'll talk to you guys in a minute. And welcome back. So picking up where we left off, um, Peter, you are awoken. You are awoken after a, it's a good night's sleep. Not super comfortable, but a good night's sleep as Riley gently uh, pushes you awake. And he's like, hey, big fella, I'm, I'm going off to work, so mm-hmm. feel free to do what you got to do. Just close the door. You know, I'll be out in the field, so I might see you around drinking or back here if you want to come stay another couple of nights. I don't mind at all. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Deuces. Shuts the door and leaves you to wake up. Do you know this bitch is going to sleep? Or no, he, he wants to wake up, but he's just like. <sighs> just, like <gasps> just a lot of breathing happening. And then he's like. <sighs> really getting ready to constitute himself. Just tries to open his wa- eyes as wide as he can first thing in the morning, just to like really wake himself up. He's like. <sighs> <laughs> and then just kind of just sit up. It's like he's sitting up, but it's just like kind of like if you could see it, this, he's just sitting like this, hunched over, and his hair is just like disheveled. And just like, and he's just looking around, just like kind of just like where am I? <laughs> you know? And he's like, Ooh. and then he gets up and kind of does his morning routine. Just kind of wanders around, you know, stretches out. That that bedroll wasn't really that nice, um, not at all, really. If you talk about, if you mention it, goes to the bathroom, washes his face, you know, kind of just wakes up and and then kind of sits there at a table for a little bit, just thinking about what he has to do today. Like, like I don't know, he just he doesn't know what to do. He's kind of caught between like, does he go and and at least see what Xena got up to. Did she go, like, did she go back last night? You know, 
Should he just try and get things solved by himself? Should he go see Benjamin? Should he go to the tavern? Or like, should he just go for a wander around the town? He's just kind of going to... Before he starts his day, because it is very early, right? Yeah, it'd be about like 6 or 7 a.m. Mm. He's going to spend a little bit just sitting there, just kind of contemplating his day for a bit. Okay. So we'll we'll leave on that one, and we'll cut to Xena. So following last night, getting the message from your dad, you know, reliving that nightmare. What time do you think she would wake up? What would she do? Run us through what, what's gone through her head right now. Um, with sort of the, with the placement of this village town, I guess. Town. Um, with the placement of this town, do they get full sunlight? It's not full sunlight. It's very cracked because, you know, like of the way the, the biome developed itself yeah. with the, the crowding trees. But I would say you would definitely, they definitely get a good bout of sunlight between like 11.30 to like 12.30, 1 o'clock where the sun directly goes overhead and begins to crest down. But that's about it. So going, I would say even getting into like 7, 6, 7 o'clock at night where the sun really begins to rise it's like shooting light over the top. So if you were to look out the window and, or, or out the front door and have a real good look, you would catch some glow in the distance, but it's not like super bright. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so would it, so like roughly at the time of the morning that Peter's woken up, would it still be like relatively darkish? Or? Darkish, yeah. Um, well. It'd be a soft twilight glow, I think. As it passively passes through the sky. Yeah. Xena would have slept like absolute dog's balls. Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Um, would have been constantly waking up. When she did fall back asleep, it would be restless. Um, so she would probably stretch out as much of... Uh, she'd probably sleep in for what's classified as a sleep in for her... Because she, she was always, like, f- first to bed, first to rise. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually she'd just get frustrated because it doesn't matter how long she stays in bed. She's not getting any good rest. So she just gets up, starts getting ready. Um, the bag's under her eyes. She's not taken sort of much care in her appearance this morning, which probably makes her look even more erratic than what she did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of just slumps herself outside of the cabin she's staying in. And she just is probably going to immediately make headway to Ben's. Oh, okay. And so probably late morning for you, I'd say be like like eight, nine-ish? Probably eight, yeah. Eight, okay. So I guess we'll go back to Peter. What's his plan of attack? Uh, Peter knows that she's going to try and and get answers out of Ben, Benjamin, this, this morning. Um, so he's going to head there. Okay. So when you walk up the, the, like the boardwalk and get yourself to where the warehouse is, it's still, you're seeing a lot more of the fishermen, mm-hmm. like not the fishermen, sorry, the reapers, um, 
actually coming in and get ready for set for shift and you kind of just pick a crate or like a post and kind of just lean up and wait because you haven't seen Xenia yet because you're actually up early-ish mm-hmm. and you watch as these guys walk to the water and they put these long wooden stilts into the water and strap their legs up and then just with pushes they like, get themselves up and they start just walking through the marshy water and they walk into the middle section where there's openings and you know they start with their like some have knives and some have like long machetes and like even some of them with like the thicker base plants are using like actual scythes and they're like cutting it down you watch as and all like the leaves and the plants fall to the water and they pick them up and shake them off and put them in like their backpacks and their side bags. You know, each one dedicated to a particular section. You even see some walk off the main boardwalk and actually walk further into the swamp where you can see slightly off in the distance there's a couple of more growing. Like they've really expanded it. But you kind of just post up and hang tight because you're so much earlier. And then in due time, at around 8-ish in the morning, 9-ish, eventually... You see Xena crest up on the warehouse out front with you. And is there anything that you do going up? Like, are you not speaking to him as you go up or? So at this at this point in time of the day, Ben would be at the. You, you haven't seen him mm-hmm. yet. But, you know, if he runs it, there's a positive possibility he's there earlier than everybody else. But you don't know yet. She's going to make that assumption. Um, she's just going to walk straight to the warehouse, give no acknowledgement. I'm going to follow uh, into the warehouse. Okay. So when you walk into the big open door of that big circular like hut, it's um, it's all wooden floors and there's a small little notch cut out in the middle where there's some like pulleys and stuff where they obviously they load the crates and drop them down to row boats that eventually row them out to be taken away. But um, obviously the reapers that pick, uh, you know, the fruits and vegetables, um, bring them in through that main door because you saw them doing that. They were dumping them into the crates and moving them to be assigned. So it's big and there's lots of crates everywhere. There's some um, barrels of what you assume to be um, liquids or like even bags of like rice and wheat and all that sort of stuff because a lot of the trade will get processed through here. Now there is a secondary floor, like a loft barn, which has a ladder that goes up and you see a small enclosed, for lack of a better term, office where there is light, there are lanterns that have been lit in there because obviously there's no a lot of lateral light that's coming in through like, the small windows. But you would safely assume that if anyone's going to be a boss, that's probably where they're going to be. And obviously all the workers are kind of like looking at you, but like not, they're acknowledging you, but they're not doing anything to you because they've got work to do. Um, Xena will probably just approach the nearest worker and mm-hmm. point up to where that office is. Mm-hmm. Is Ben in? You see, it's um, when it was like half walk, generally, probably full walk actually. When he's back, like single it on, big overalls, you know, all that sort of big gloves. Who's asking? Me. We're from the embrace. Hmm. Yeah, he's in. Thanks. And then she's just gonna make her way up towards the office. Okay. Peter follows. Peter follows. Okay. So, uh, you walk towards the back and you know, like some of the guys are walking through with the boxes and as you're like power walking through, one joint like spins to get out of the way and it's like, hey, fucking watch it. Jesus. And you're like putting crates down. I'm reaping stuff. here. I'm <laughs> reaping here. I'm picking the fruits of my labor. And, um, you get to the ladder and you realize it's not a staircase. It's a ladder. Like, it's not a staircase. 
Love that carry on. Who, who, go, who goes first? Xena, 100% powering up there. So Xena powers up the ladder. MP, do you follow? Yep. Avert your gaze, boy. No, oh, she's wearing pants. She's wearing oh, a tunic. Pants. She's wearing pants now. <laughs> My joke's not funny anymore. Peter's wearing a tunic with nothing under it. <laughs> Just swinging dick I'm in for, the breeze. I'm, I'm for commando under here. <laughs> so, uh, eventually you get over to the top and you see it's just a small, it'd be like, oh, I wouldn't say four by four, it'd be like four by eight. So it's longer than it is wider. And there's just one door, you see the glow of the lamps coming in and you see through the window the gentleman from the night before and one of the other workers and there's some chatter going on, but he has seemingly hasn't noticed you yet because he's deeply, deeply enthralled in this conversation. Or rather, he's paying more attention to this conversation because it's more important to what's going on right now. So, um, is, is it like she's gone up the ladder and is there like kind of like a... Is it an enclosed office that he's in? It, it is enclosed. It is enclosed. It's kind of like your old, um, like your old like warehousing shops where the, the office was on the top bit looking yeah. out over. Um, and there is glass in the windows and all that sort of stuff, so you can't immediately hear what's being spoken. But basically, it's like you've come up the ladder, there's a small little mezzanine where people can wait to speak to him, and then there's the office, which is about, about 20, 25 feet long and about 10 feet wide. Xena's going to wait on the mezzanine. Sorry, and- 20, 40 feet long, 20 feet wide. Um, she's going to wait on the mezzanine until he's done with whatever conversation he's having, um, mm-hmm. but she's going to actively wait in an area where, like, if there's windows in there and he looked around, he'd see them waiting out there. We'll at least see her waiting out there. Yeah, okay. So you're actively watching, waiting for, like, that window of opportunity where, like, he would acknowledge you or see you, yeah? Oh, she's just going to wait until he's done, but she's definitely, like, just staring through okay. the window at him. Well, at some point, you know, like, in, like, a minute or two, there is, um, as you watch through the windows, you see the other, uh, the other human gentleman you know, nod his head and shake and the conversation ends and he goes to walk out and opens the door and he sees you guys and he's like, okay, and shuts the door behind you. And then when you turn back after looking, he's looking dead at you and especially dead at Peter. Like he's, he acknowledged both of you were there and you watch as without breaking eye contact, he moves back behind his desk and sits in his chair and just leans back. Zena's just going to go up to his office door and... Waves you in. She's going to help herself in and just immediately approach whatever desk he's sitting at. So offices behind him are heaps of the um, like little squares where they like keep rolls and documents and stuff, you know, like not like drawers. They're like just normal office squares, like pigeonholes or what we call them. And like, there's like papers coming out and some of them have red notices, some of them are blue, some of them are green, mm-hmm. obviously some sort of filing system. His desk is a large wooden desk that's like a flattened out piece of driftwood with like two big sets of like drawers underneath and there's like the covering at the front so you can't see. You know, pretty pretty nice, you know, for considering the the town stature and all that sort of stuff. And you see, you know, beard sliced down the left eye, ragged hair, and he's leaning back and this time he's in like he's actually in like a you know, like the overalls and like the shirt and all that sort of stuff. And he's leaning back in like a, like a captain's chair, you know, with like the round backs. He's like, so it's not enough that you harass me at home. You got to come harass me at work as well. To be fair, I did invite you. So 
You did. What? And I took the invitation. What can I do for you? Here to follow up on the series of poorly constructed questions from last night. You said something about... Daggers. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> to be clear, you said that you indeed had seen and or worked with previous members of the Embrace that had arrived here. Yes, that I did. So we're led to believe that the uh, last place uh, one of our particular members was seen. Um, I believe that they were going to, so per se, crunch some numbers with you, and then they never returned. Oh. You're talking about that, that blue one, the blue lady with the horns. The tiefling, yes. Yeah, yeah she was real pretty. Yes, she did. Um, she did come and see me uh, after I was at my home, quite late, might I add. And all we simply did was dot some, <laughs> dot some eyes, cross some T's, crunch some numbers, <laughs> double check shipments, and then she left, and I did not see her after that. So she just left yours and poof. Disappeared. You could say that. Right. Well, this is slowing my work down. This ambiguous trail that seems to lead nowhere. And it'd be a shame if other work around here started slowing down too. So... Unless these Embrace members can suddenly be accounted for, both of us are probably going to find ourselves having a very slow work day. Hmm. Looks to you. Looks to Peter. Hmm. You know what? He pushes the chair and he stands up. Dust himself off. Before... Before you assholes came along here, we were good. We weren't working for nobody. We worked for ourselves. We worked for the sweat on our backs. We helped each other out. And then everyone decides that they want to do business with the, with the big old good embrace. People sicken me. Spits across the table. You get benefits off the work that I do and the work that my boys do. And you're going to send one of those motherfuckers here every couple of months to double check our stuff to make sure nothing short that we don't take enough of our share under the fear that you're going to crush us under your boot. Well, I'm sick of that bullshit. She came to my house and was poking me in the chest about all these numbers. I told her to go fuck herself. And hey, it's a dangerous place around here. Maybe she fell off the dock and got got by one of those gators. Now, if you come here threatening me, you better be ready to put your hands up, Missy. Now, if you could kindly fuck off, I got work to do. Real work. Good day to you. He sits back in his chair. Zena stands there <clears throat> and... This polite smile comes over her face. She gives him a small nod. 
Indeed. Pleasure. Roll me insight, please. That's a 21. <laughs> you can read on his face that he's got something that he's not telling you about as you go to leave. That's okay, because I meant what I said, what I said when I said I was going to slow his work day down. She immediately goes back down from the Poor warehouse. Poor Peter. <laughs> <laughs> He's just standing at, like, at the, like, just inside the door and then, like, against the wall that holds the door, just like this, just chilling. Muscle man crossed. stuff, like. Yeah, but just, like, just, like, just, like, chilling. <laughs> and, um, she goes down and comes, where's, like... Is it is it all kind of in here, like... All of the crops and stuff that they mainly farm are inside the square of the map, and there are some on the outside as well. Okay. Um, she's going to walk up to, like, an edge on the, like, broad walk, wherever, um, where she sees maybe, like, a, a reaper or whatnot working, and she kind of comes up to the edge, and she just sings out, What's your weather normally like here? So I would say, you know what? We'll say that you face, you walk out mm. to where the door is through this corner and you yep. see some of the fields out there because yep. realistically trying to look into the square, you're not going to get a good view. Yep. So we'll say you're looking at one of the ones that's offset yep. outside. And as, but for you to walk out there, you have to leave his office. So like, yep. who are you yelling out to at this point? No, I fully leave the warehouse, like, entirely. Like, I'm leaving the office. I'm leaving the warehouse. And, like... Are I'm you shouting out to him? No, 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 no. Oh, shouting out to a reaper. Oh, just shouting a, out to a reaper. Oh, a reaper. That's okay. working, yeah. So, yeah, you see, like, um, you see this fella, um, the little halfling fella, and he's like... Oh, it's, you know, it's a fucking swamp. <laughs> like, what, what do you want from me? <laughs> do you get winters here? Yeah, I guess it gets a bit cold, but that's, that's about it. How about ice? Do you get any ice here? Eh, not not really. Would ice really affect your crops, you'd say, if the swamp started to freeze over? Oh, I'm not one of those I'm not one of those fancy weather people, lady, like I I can't tell you. I cut grass for a living. <laughs> She's gonna um look around and find like a patch of like where some some crops may have already just been like freshly harvested or oh yeah definitely you got him mid you got him mid shift um she's not specifically aiming for him so she's trying to stay away from actual people that's fine that'd be easy enough um and then she's sort of her she's going to let her eyes sort of roam over sort of the the surface of the um of the swamp i'm just going to let me just if you you can you can sort of like do it however you want but essentially she's going to upcast ray of frost and she's just gonna hold her hand out and like if at any point peter follows or wants to intervene i'm right behind you it's 
it's not like it is instantaneous, but like in a more like in like real it's being life, cast. You it's know? being cast. She kind of like pulls her hand forward, and as her fingers extend out, you like sort of just see like these small little like tendrils of ice slowly starting to reach out across the surface of the swamp. Um, she casts it at fourth level as well. So she means business. So Peter obviously being behind her because he followed her out of the office. Um, like a freaking caretaker or something. Um, as soon as I see Xena, because I, I... Look, I know this new Xena, even though I've only been with her for a short amount of time and 10 days total i know where her <laughs> brain's at um even like a day like she wasn't like this at the embrace or on the journey no, here like this yeah, is true. like like it's like ramping up i guess you um, spoke yeah as i see her um starting to cast this i want to grab her by her her scalp like her hair like the roots of her hair and drag her down to the ground like because I'm behind her, I want to reach up, grab her, and pull her down as if, like, grabbing, like, a kid's backpack and, like, pulling him down, but by her head. Make opposed strength. Boy, this is going to be embarrassing. Oh, my God. This is unreal. Interparty conflict. 18. Come on, dude. <laughs> She'll, like, get advantage because she didn't see it coming. That's not how that works, homie. Damn. Four. So there is a split second where as like the sin the, the sinister implications of your actions, like correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of enjoying it. Like you're kind of enjoying bringing misery to someone that's disrespected you. Mm, it, uh, yeah. It it's probably more like um blind anger. Blind rage. There's so uh, as you're like then you're watching these like these snakes of ice shoot up across the field and you watch as they begin to they hit up the stalks of like the freshly done plants and it just spreads over this perfect little square of crops you feel this grasping at the top of your hair and ah, and you get to pull and there's just a split second because now your hair's so short and now your hair's been cut you just what, slip out underwards and you realise that Peter has tried to drag you and sling you back I dare say that he's probably, like, successfully stopped me from casting it on the swamp. But as he's gone to, like, yank it back as a reaction to, like, sort of get the response that Peter wanted, which was to for me to not freeze the swamp, she kind of, like, instinctively, like, whips her arm around as he goes to, like, pull her hair and instead would just, like, wherever it makes contact with first but she would continue, like, the spell onto him as, like, a reactionary thing. You know what? I would allow that because you failed the strength check. I think you would not have the time to get out of the way completely. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ray of Frost does have a dexterity save. Yes? Uh, yes. Can I please get you to make me a dexterity saving throw, Peter? As to make to see if you can get, I, it's, it's, is it half? Is it half on a success? Um, let me just. Well, I've still got a. I've still got a roll to hit. So okay, she well, only rolls a sixteen, which okay. I'm pretty sure doesn't beat your AC. It does not. Yeah. So like, 
I mean, you can flavor that how you will. Well, I was going to say you would. I would make it. I would let you make it with advantage because he failed the strength save. But if you, if you would, if you want to let it miss, if you want to let it miss, that's up to you. But, or you can just choose to let that one. Um. Oh yeah, we could probably like flavor it as as an intentional miss, even if you wanted. Um, sure. Where she would go to like turn her arm around, but. What, yeah, like what happens as you flip instinctually and you see him there with like that look in his eyes of like shock. I wouldn't say fear, but shock. What happens? Um, it'd kind of be like as she like instinctively turns around, it's kind of like this really cold air sort of coming from her fingers as she spins. And like <laughs> it's a really, it's a harsh and cold breeze that kind of whips across his face but just as, like, it comes past his head, she just shoots out the ray of frost, like, right beside his head. And because it's fourth level, it's, like, almost like she's just, like, shot, like, this massive blizzard gun from her fingers. And then... A bun. (laughs) A bun! (laughs) Yeah, that's threatening. (laughs) We'll workshop that, guys. (laughs) Um, And then... Wait, wait, wait. Blizzuka. Blazooka, I love that. Blazooka. And then she's she's kind of just standing there, her hair like a mess from where you've grabbed it. And she's like just looking at you with like this like semi like deranged, semi like, I can't believe you just fucking tried yeah, like, to do you, that look in her yeah, face. Yeah, you fucking serious? Yeah, like, yeah, like, like that kind of look in her face. On me? And like, and then she's just. What the fuck? Peter. What the fuck, Peter? What the fuck, you? What the... Who are you? These are... I don't give a shit how angry you are at some other people. I don't give a shit if the boss did something bad. I don't give a shit if he killed someone in the embrace. These are people who work for a living. These people... Guess what? The food they give is the food they eat. Are you even listening to yourself? You don't care. If he killed someone from the embrace, you want me to listen to myself? Listen to you. Okay, so you're going to justify the death of three embrace members by starving an entire village. Oh, That's what you're going to justify it it with, right? It was going to be one little section. Yeah. One little section. Yeah, and when that didn't work, huh? When that didn't work, it just ramps up and it's two sections and then it's three sections and then it's the field and you're putting enough pressure on people, huh? The boots on the neck, just tight enough, just to put enough pressure to squeeze the information out of that guy, huh? And if it's not squeezing that guy, it's squeezing the next guy, okay? I know what kind of spiral you're going down. I'm assuming a 22 hits you. Yes. Oh my God. In this interaction as you guys are berating each other on the dock and on the boardwalk. You are spun on the spot and you see Benjamin and he turns and just and just hooks you straight. Like Xena just hits yeah. you square in the mouth. Um I you know what? I'll you know, he's not a little guy. I'll roll a D4. I think that's fair. He hits you for one. I'll take that like a fucking champ. Oh, actually, I'll give him pro- three. We'll say three. He's definitely proficient with punching people. Um, with the fist weapons. Yeah, my fist weapons. And he hits you, and it's just, you have not been rocked like this. 
fucking in a minute. Even though it doesn't do much damage, you know, it's not like you're getting struck by a blade. But it just and you feel that lightning shoot through your jaw. And Peter, you watch as Zena hits the deck as Benjamin spins her on the spot and just hooks her in the mouth. And he's like You You don't get to come here and disrespect my workers and my people. Looks to you, Peter. He's like, you best keep this one on a fucking leash, otherwise she'll be the next one that goes missing. Back to work, boys. Get someone on there to melt that fucking ice. Peter doesn't even care. Like, he doesn't even care that she got hit. Like, in his, his, like, heart of hearts, like, he wanted to do something. Like, watching her get hit, like, he would have, like... If, if any other interaction had happened before that, he would have gladly just, like, hit that guy back at least. But, like, just being in the space that he is right now, just, like, shaking with rage over, like, what the hell Xena's doing. And, like, obviously being... That happened in the middle of me berating her. So I'm, like, obviously, like, spiralling. Um, I don't even care. And I'm just going to start walking away. Like, walking away, like, you're going, like, back to Riley's, or, like, where are you going? Um, yeah, I'm just going to walk toward, yeah, towards Riley's. Okay. So, you just put your hands up and just walk back to Riley's shack. And, um, Xena, you are left on the ground holding, like, holding the side of your face where you've just been punched and you watch the only other person that should have your back is leaving you behind and walking away. As I'm walking away, can I rip the patch off my shoulder and just, I'm just going to throw it on the ground beside me and keep, just keep walking. Most certainly you can do that. Definitely while I'm still in eye shot of Xena, like not looking back to see if she was watching, but doing it as I'm walking off. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, because the way the the way the way uniform is built, that it's a separate piece of cloth that is a pauldron that sits mm-hmm. on the top, so you can just yank it off the little chains mm. and just throw it down. And see, you watch as that little bit of cloth just flutters to the ground. You watch as workers begin to go out on stilts to the 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 part of the cropping outcropping where you frost it over, and you see guys with torches that are, like, holding it and, like, showering it with, like, picks and stuff, trying to get back to work. And Peter, as you walk away, you also see as you walk back past the warehouse on this corner, as you go back to Riley's house, you do see Benjamin just sitting there, like just eyes you off as you walk past him, just shaking his head, rubbing his like rubbing his right hand on his knuckles, where he's his very callous knuckles, <laughs> where he's uh, punched Zena, and where that woman's head collided with his fist, <laughs> and. Zenith, you are left alone in the middle of a dock with all these people looking at you. If you would allow a tiny bit of spicy flavouring, it's not too mechanical breaking. I, look, I'm, I might be European white, but I love spicy. Um, Zena's like hair is kind of like messy and it's in her face. So she's kind of like on, she's kind of like on the ground in like that lent over position, like her hair is flowed <laughs> through. Stage dramatic. No, and like, she kind of like, 
you hear a spit and like this big glob of blood comes out and there's definitely a tooth in there. Right. And she like turns. Oh wait, this is what it would sound like. Yeah. (laughs) And she like wipes like this blood that's just pouring out of her mouth off of her chin. And she watches as Peter walks away and like rips off the embrace um, like emblem from him. And like her like eyes start to like fog over as she like watches after him with this immense disdain and she's just lying there and she I'll show them I'll show them I can take care of myself and then fog cloud casts and it comes through and it washes over her and the wooden dock and as it passes and goes through she's gone So, so like she just uses the fog as cover. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I would say it's like a, it's, it's. She's upcasted it, so it's like, it's like forty feet. I mean, do you have misty step? No, I don't. <laughs> so you that's just turn into the mist. That's that's why I'm. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, if you would. Allow you know that. what? I would allow that because that's fucking cool. So where do you? Go? So I'll say. You know, you she know, goes back home like to to her little shack. So, you know what I'll say? <laughs> you looking around and you seeing all the docks and stuff. You know that the only way to get out of there unseen using the fog cloud is you just have to drop in the water. Yeah. So there's a and you use it as perfect cover. You roll off and just slowly descend yourself down the pole. And using the fog as like like a shroud, you just. You hug like the beams of the docks and just move your way across. No one can see you. I don't think anyone's really going to be looking for you at this point. They just want to get back to work. And you find yourself eventually you crest up the back of like the two-story shack where you're staying and you just climb up and uh, shake off like excess water you can and you just stomp your way into your room, slam the door shut. What's happening? What I'll be doing mechanically is taking a long rest so I can get all my spell slots back. And that that also, when she's done her long rest, will probably crest into the perfect time where it'll be later on in the day when she'll probably start making her money moves anyways. Well, a long rest is eight hours. Yeah. So at um, like that time in the morning, which is like, I guess like nine, 9.30-ish, you'd be like, It'd be like dusk. Yeah, like it probably like going to nighttime. Peter, you get back to uh, Riley's shack, and you know the door is left open. You have the ability to just wander in. He has grace graciously opened his home to you while you're here, uh, because you showed him kindness. So you walk in. What's happening? What's Peter doing? I walk in, obviously. Slam the door behind me and just... You are alone too. He is still mm, working, mm. so... You know, just kind of pace, just like, what the fuck, what the fuck? And just like, like shaking with anger. Is that like a... Any type of mirrored, like... There's only glass objects? windows. Any, Not really a mirror. Only glass window? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I just want to... Peter just kind of just goes up to like a big, solid, sturdy wall. Maybe like where like a support, big support beam is. Oh yeah, there's definitely you know, a big cross beam. That's like. kind of holding it. He's just kind of going to put his hands on like either side of it and just like headbutt it, just headbutt it like a good two or three times, till like his head is like proper good and like just bleeding, just like just bashing his head. 
I'm happy to, to take damage from it. Like, that's how hard he's hitting it. Uh, you get hit for four. Excellent. So you knock four hit points off your of yourself as, like, just out of pure aggression. You're just like... And you just headbutting. And eventually, on, like, that, on that third one... You feel the split, like mm. you've had you've had your face busted open and stuff. Yeah. Like, your arms are a testament to your Sorry, to your abilities. Mm. Um, you know you cut open as the blood begins to trickle down the bridge of your nose and over your face, and you're just like, <sighs> "Can I can I have a look around for any alcohol in his?" Sure, there is like a little a little pant- a pantry kitchenette. Make a perception. Make investigation. seven he's got a lot of he's got like juices like stuff that's naturally been procured from uh like the stock that they take in Mm -hmm. from the reaping but no alcohol on him it seems like a lot of people just go to the tavern to drink (laughs) he's gonna open up a a cupboard or something or like a pantry open yeah you open up like the it's like the little Mm. pantry kitchenette thing Mm. and like you know you see like the hanging fish and like some little storages of meats and like little bags of like rice and all like a little stuff like that. And you see some of the, like the crops and the groceries that they've, they've made and like all that sort of stuff. So <clears> definitely, definitely, yeah. Like not finding what I was looking for, just slam it shut. And then just like, obviously like feeling dizzy and having just like a massive splitting headache, just like, like collapse onto my rucksack and just like kind of black out for a little bit. Just, just sleep like, out of anger. Yeah. So, you fall asleep just out of necessity because you want to be done with this particular day and you'll take a long rest. When you're asleep, I feel like Peter has taken so much of his life after joining the Abrace and joining the Paladins. He's taken so much of his life just with this nonchalantness because he was always able to talk his way out of everything. And whenever he couldn't talk, he would fight. And when he was fight, he was fucking good at it. But getting, seeing your, your best friend, seeing your best friend, well, who was your best friend, go through the motions like that of just being so out of character and then watching as she was struck down by somebody which three years ago you would have you would had their head in a basket and then being like man i really didn't care i really didn't care that that happened Mm. i feel like that i feel like correct me if i'm wrong there'd be that like split of like like that indifference of the personality like one side he was like oh why did i let that happen i should have protected her Mm -hmm. and the other half's like no fuck that she made her bed let her lay in it i think that's kind of like why he kind of reacted the way he did when he got back to like Rai's house where he just like kind of just like beat himself up is because he's struggling so much internally with how he feels towards Xena like at this moment that like he's struggling externally and like he just he needs to feel something definite and just like vent that way and just like just needs to feel something you know Wonderful. So eventually you find yourself in unconsciousness. Just stewing on what's happened. Xena, while you're asleep, 
considering knowledge is one the search for knowledge is one of your best attributes you always find yourself replaying memories in key moments of stress or duress and you flash back to a moment when you and peter were still at the embrace together you've probably been studying and training together for about a year and a bit by this point and you are you are in your room and you're reading over one of your grimoires and your tomes, you know, with fresh notes from your dad. Your dad was able to slip you some notes and stuff and you're vigorously going over. And there's a moment where a young Peter walked in and this is before he started getting big. You know, he was tall and he was lean and cut, but he hadn't packed on all the muscle yet. And his hair was a bit more neater and he had like a nice high fade, you know, it was very proper. And, you know, you were young and you have your hair on a high ponytail and this is like everybody back on. And you remember him coming in and his hands were all chopped up because he had been doing uh, hand-to-hand combat with the paladins. But you know that a lot of the hand-to-hand combat is they're just wailing. They're wailing on the young kids to teach them to be have their integrity and to be able to just deal through the pain. And there was a memory where, you know, you help Peter, like, tidy up his arms and clean his wounds and all that sort of stuff in one of those rare instances before you guys really had the banter that you had when you really got proper and you know there's no there's no dialogue it's just you just remembering the feeling and then you cut back to today where this this Benjamin character spun you on the spot and struck you after being berated by the one person who said he would always look out for you. And there's just that... And again, correct me, interject wherever and correct me where I'm wrong. But there's just that deep, seething rumbling where it's like on one half, it's like, well, I stoked the fire. But on the other half, it's like, why didn't he protect me? There was a time when we were kids where he said he'd always protect me. She fully does not have a mentality of I got what I deserved. That's not her mentality at okay. all. She mm-hmm. is shitted because she's trying to get a fucking job done. She's trying to find out where these missing or dead Embrace members are. She's on a clock. She feels like this is a lot more urgent than what Peter's making it out to be. She's feeling dicked around by everyone she's coming across here. It's all ambiguous answers and being a smart ass and, and shit like that. Underneath, like, it's not it's not presenting very well and that she's aware of. But there is a small part of her that is really fucking worried that these Embrace members have been killed mm. or are about to be killed or they might ha- have been dead for a shorter amount of time that a spell of greater power might be able to revive them of sorts if help came soon enough but that journey from where it's at its core to then coming through to the surface with her actions isn't translating well at all and so in her mentality like her very one-sided perception it's like i'm here trying to do my job and no one's helping me i'm just trying to cut all the bullshit out. I'm tired of playing these games. I want to get to my fellow members of the embrace. Like my best friend's not helping me. Like outside of that, totally understand where Peter's coming from as a character. I'll break those fucking fingers off. Um, (laughs) 
but from like her warped perception of reality she feels like she's been abandoned and left to do this job by herself especially after seeing him rip off that embrace symbol and throwing it away and then that coupled with him basically prioritizing these people in the village and their the rhythm of which they do things over basically him saying for for lack of a better term he's not too worried about the embrace members that have gone missing that's kind of just all culminating in her head as this guy actually does not give a fuck about his job he doesn't give a fuck about me like that's that's what's kind of culminating in her head as she's like getting getting in her own head about it and so it's this i wouldn't call it a pity party i'd call it if no one like it's more like a well no one's fucking helping me i'm gonna do it myself and i'm gonna do it my way and i'm going all the way up to the fifth gear someone fucking stop me i dare you okay what's your passive perception sorry uh passive perception yeah is 15. damn okay so as this whole ordeal plays in front of your head all that sort of stuff As this place past your head and within your dreams, this mentality of, well, fuck it. If no one's going to help me, I'll do it my way. You resign yourself to the fact that you're like, well, if it's going to get done, I'm going to do it. You are jostled awake by the... As early into the night, the door of your shack is kicked open and you see two large brutish men come in all wrapped up and just charge you and that's where we're going to end the session what <laughs> yeah bruh 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 <laughs> you fuck thank you very much for listening everyone thanks guys that was really fun I enjoyed <sighs> that That's it's getting getting loopy now it's getting crazy. Every episode from here on in will give me nothing but social anxiety because I'm a pushover in real life. I'm a little bitch. Yeah, but, you know, that was, whew, that was weird. Well, quick, before we do the regular, so quick shout out to Incarnate's thing for allowing me to make the map of Villington. Oh, so Is that the same, thing you, the same thing you used to make the other map? The make the country maps, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's the one we have there for our mm. home game, which Jack made. I'm getting used to it myself because I don't that's have cool. a tablet or anything to draw on. So I like it. It's good, but it's good reference. It's good to have. And, you know, we're going to try to use it more often. Um, Did anyone have anything they wanted to plug or add on before we sort of go through the motions mm. the end one? Do your thing, Marco. My thing? I don't, I don't do the, the, the thing. Um, Big Papa does the thing. <laughs> Big Papa does the thing. I'm trying to think of the things Big Papa don't mention. Um, all these things I want to re 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 reiterate before Big Papa gets to him. Um, <laughs> Codename Big Papa. Make sure if you're liking what we're doing here, um, whether it be The Embrace or any of our other shows we do, the main campaign, the Tangent Times, um, just what? the back chats. Why before you buy? Why before you buy? Oh my God, there's so much content. Um, make sure you're checking out our Patreon. It really does help. Um, you know, as, as a bunch of struggling artists, <laughs> just knowing that we have your guys' support um, means a lot, and it's just like a shot of adrenaline um, into our system, knowing that we have that support behind us. Yeah, um, we currently have makes two, us feel good. 
We currently have two patrons on the new layout, the, which is the $12 Warriors of the Realm tier. Two, three. Uh, I thought th- three of them, two at the moment, because people actually have to resubscribe. But we've mm. got Shannon and Teddy. Woo. So thank you guys very much for mm. supporting us. Mm. It really, really appreciate it. But yeah, if you like it and you want to help the homies, just so we can push out more content, www.patreon.com forward slash ODAM official. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything else before we prattle off the, the OGs? Sky? One day when we dust off our drawing pads <sighs> and step away from our hiatus, which is very soon actually. Uh, I think we're due in the next couple of weeks to start the streaming back up again. Um, but we will be going back to our usual programming on All Caffeine, No Talent on Twitch. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. We love it. We love it. Because Marco and I just drop in on the Discord and just <laughs> hurl abuse at everybody. It's, it's amazing. Fun. I do more laughing than drawing when that happens. Mm. Snorts and all. <laughs> we love it. I guess I'll I'll roll off the, the OG. So mm-hmm. at underscore dive view holder underscore Bree. We love all the dice you make. You, always, you are so good to us. You make all these beautiful bad boys. Um, at Reckless Creatures for the merchandise. Marco is wearing the Trunks and Freezer shirt right now as we speak. It's beautiful. They've got a new um, Lich design coming out, which looks really Ooh, cool. Yeah, Very I saw that one. Um, at Michael Gelfie Music for all the sound effects we use. Just makes the episode sound that much more real. At Cloud Kill Clothing, they also do D&D merch, but it's more like streetwear, savvy, instead of like yes. two different spectrums too. Mm-hmm. Like Reckless Creatures doing like the band T stuff and then Cloud Kill doing like the sporty streetwear stuff. I love it. Um, at Seb Make Stuff, so Seb.makes.stuff on Instagram or just Seb Make Stuff on YouTube. Uh, does all the terrain crafting and that sort of stuff. Me and him are going to collab on a video together. That's going to be awesome. Gonna oh, make my stuff. God. So oh, exciting. My God. And I'm just trying to make sure. Yeah, all caffeine, no talent. And Bailey's one, uh, Lama Endir, L-A-M-A-E-N-D-I-R-R. I'm so I impressed that you remember that. Yeah, because I have to separate into two words, <laughs> so I remember. And I'm just trying to make sure I haven't forgotten anybody. I don't think I have. I think I've done it all. Oh, Metallic Metallic Thunder, Thunder Podcasts. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone really cares about that. <laughs> this is the thing We're going to keep plugging it. Guess what? If you guys want to make your own podcast, guess what? If you think you can do it better, prove us wrong by hiring the podcast equipment <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guy who runs it. That's <laughs> my back pocket. <laughs> you know, if you're... If you're an alpha male and you got to get that alpha male podcast content out. Or if you're a beta male <laughs> and you want to get your beta male. <laughs> An alpha male skin. <laughs> out onto the, the interwebs. Guess what? If you one time when you were drunk thought, said to a friend, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. Why not try it out? And hit up Metallic Thunder Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We've got to keep the dream alive, baby. Metallic Thunder Podcast. <laughs> or that little jingle. Where podcasting is key. Mm. Ding! <laughs> if you guys ever got to the end of the episodes, probably you'd realise that it's just a power metal lick. Sound, eff- <laughs> sound effects include uh, Boldness, impotence. <laughs> and sudden loss of appetite. Metallic Thunder is that possible. <laughs> oh, I snorted so good. Uh, it's, okay. it's okay. That's the content that the simps sign up for. Um, but... Yeah, I think other than that, we're gravy. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. Everything's done. We oh, really we really mm. thank you guys for listening. It's really fun. This one's fun. This one's always fun mm. to do something different. But, um, yeah, that's going to be Cody, Marco, and Sky signing off. You guys have a lovely evening. 
Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye, babies.